you are watching the Who Move My Freedom podcast. Uh, big shout out and thanks to everyone who's joining us here. Make sure you guys smash the thumbs ups as you come into the show here. I want to remind everyone to go to HankStrange.com. Uh, sign up for our email list over there. Um, Lola is sending out a uh, newsletter pretty soon here. Um, as well as um, look for the links there because we do have a link to U.S. Law Shield that you guys can save some money if you sign up for an annual membership. Um, and a couple of those, a uh, couple of pennies come in our direction. Big thanks to Walther Arms for sponsoring the show. And speaking of the show, let's get into it here. Let me load up my guests and uh, get all up into this. Let me start. Let me hit the open button. Welcome back to the Hank Strange Situation. Don't Life forget to hit that subscribe button, smash the thumbs ups, and ring the bell so you can be notified when we're live and somewhere around here. Let me see. Where's the bell? I forgot. I'm. There we go. The bell has been rung. It's, it's nice. official now. We are live. All right. So let's see. Can we let's start this officially with some jazz hands? There you go. Jazz hands going. All right. Let's see. Uh, let's see. We can get Rolando was doing. Oh, I missed it. There you go. So he was doing jazz hands. Go. OK, Diana is doing jazz hands. All right. We are ready to go here. I hope you guys are ready for this. It's going to be a fun show. Um, this is episode 793 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. My guests are Diana Moeller. Welcome to the show, Diana. How are you? Thanks for having me. Uh, it's It's been a while. We haven't seen you in a while. How's everything been going? <laughs> oh, we've just been sitting around eating bonbons. Oh, okay. Well, you're looking good, considering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have Rolando, the Puerto Rico Pistolero, joining us here. On the show, Rolando, what's up, man? Haven't seen you in a minute either. I know. It's great to be back. I think it was yeah. uh, since before uh, uh, Katie's Train and Learn. I yes. Think, was the yes. Last time. Yeah. yeah. Not quite a year. Not quite a year. But uh, good mm -hmm. to have all of you guys back as well as all the folks out there. Um, as I said, uh, you know, hit those thumbs ups and everything. We appreciate those uh, here. It all helps the algorithm. And let's see. Before we even get into this, we got a chat from... Uh, Looks like we got a chat from John Crump. Let's see. Money, 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 money. <laughs> John Crump says, who is this chick? I know you know who this is, John. Don't even start. Start in trouble early in this thing, John Crump. Do you know who John Crump is? Probably not, Diana. Say no. Oh, yes, I do. No, just say no. Just say you don't know who that oh. is. Oh, oh, yeah. I've never heard of her. <laughs> there you go <laughs> there you go that's what you nice. that's what you get um okay so we're here it's uh what is this a tuesday mm -hmm. tuesday um how's everyone doing i know i'm in florida rolando you're in you're in florida right yes south yes. florida yes diana where where are you you're home i am in north central missouri at my uh my mom and dad's and my dad's mm -hmm. main cave oh nice okay awesome you know that's not a bad place to be. I think that's where no. you were the last time you joined us, right? Possibly. I try to get up here as much as I can. Uh, my dad mm -hmm. actually passed away last uh, this time last year, so I try to stay up here with mom as much as I can. Oh, we're okay. on the road a lot, so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, but everything else is flexible, and I'm happy enough, lucky enough to have a job that I can uh, spend weeks at a time here if I have a week off uh, um, of work. 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 Yeah. So what is uh, what is work this day nowadays mostly? Is it uh, competition? 
you know what's it's kind of a mix uh mm -hmm. we still compete um we but you know that we have the dc project and mm -hmm. i put a lot of time into volunteering uh for the dc project and pushing the ball f down the field per mm -hmm. se uh for our second amendment rights um yeah so i'm gonna be happy to talk about the dc project Absolutely. over the next couple of hours yeah yes cool um, and I think the last time you were here, uh, Joanna, who is Rolando's wife, was on with you. Yes. And, yeah. And now she's a part of the DC project. And, mm -hmm. Yep. And she's yeah. actually she actually came to the Ambassador Academy last year. Mm -hmm. I hope she had a fantastic time. And yeah, she uh, we did. can talk about that a little bit too. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and so should we exp should we start by having you explain to people what the DC project is cuz it's not like you know it's not like the Marvel universe or something like that you know True, <laughs> True. <laughs> right Well yeah sure for your audience that's never heard of the DC project um well let's start with this you know who the red-shirted commie mommies the moms demand action folks right. are they are very anti-gun very well funded by bloomberg very well motivated mm -hmm. very well uh oiled machine uh yeah. to basically bully our legislators into um you know at least weakening the pro 2a folks or you know emboldening the people that hate guns and want to take our Second Amendment rights away. So they're over there in the corner. And about five years ago, I was meeting with my legislator from Oklahoma as a tourist. And I said, hey, is there something that we should be doing as professional shooters to uh, educate the people in this building that are making some really horrendous decisions that affect all of us? And from there, I realized that I only have standing in Oklahoma. So, and also women can speak uh, a little bit stronger on the Second Amendment because we break those stereotypes. So I started gathering one woman from every state uh, and going to Washington, D.C. to do a grassroots, uh, you know, meet and greet with our legislators. And uh, that was in 2015, 2016. And then in 2020, we could not go to Washington, D.C., and uh, if everybody saw Wash uh, Virginia, when the state of Virginia fell into all anti-gun liberal hands, I was like, holy cow, that was Virginia. If mm -hmm. it can happen in Virginia, it can happen anywhere. Mm -hmm. So we really mm -hmm. asked the girls that had been coming to Washington, D.C. to go back to their states and do the same thing, go to their state legislatures and and really recruit, you know, really open the doors, the floodgates, because there's a lot of people that wanted to participate in the DC project, but I didn't want to start a new organization. I didn't, I couldn't herd that many cats. And I would have to say, you know, thank you for, you know, wanting to participate, but we've already got a Florida, we've already got a, uh, whatever state they were coming from. And now since we have just kind of grown organically, now we are a, in every state, and we have state directors that are um, recruiting, retaining, and, and training girls to go to the state, the state capitals and meet with their legislators. And somewhere along the line, along the way, you know, I've testified in Congress twice now. And the first time I testified was in 2019, and we realized that Moms Demand would be in the gallery, and we wanted to have that same presence. So... That's where we came up with the Teal Educate Not Legislate shirt. 
and we had about 10 or 12 girls show up. Uh, they got in line at seven o'clock in the morning and they were the first ones in line and it was a pretty big line. It was on assault weapons ban hearing in the House Judiciary. And uh, yeah, we it, it worked out perfect. Every time the camera was on me, the girls were behind me in teal and in, in showing that uh, same visual that Moms Demand always gets uh, from their visuals. And if you remember, I don't know if you, if, I don't know if you've seen in all of these David Chipman uh, photos. If you see somebody in pink beside mm -hmm. him, that was me. And then all the girls behind uh, in the teal, that was the DC project. So they're okay. using a lot of. He was sitting right beside me in that hearing, and, and now that he's been nominated to lead the ATF, uh, those pictures have been circulating quite a bit. Okay. And if I'm not mistaken here, uh, you, you had some famous lines there, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I did. I, 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 those were not scripted. Uh -huh. uh, that was just speaking from the heart. And um, if, if your audience probably doesn't know it because I didn't mm -hmm. know it until I went to Washington, D.C. And we have a rally each year. We have a rally. It's usually very small to us. And um, but we have speakers and, and it's very powerful to be on the Capitol lawn. Mm -hmm. But when from the very beginning, when we had our, our rallies, the group showed up called the Patriot Picket I think is what it is. And mm -hmm. they uh, they were very kind. They were very supportive. They had signs that we didn't like. We were like, oh, no, we don't want those. We're like, cool, no, no problem. Mm -hmm. um, and one of those guys, fast forward about four or five years, one of those guys was what stuck in my head. We had kind of a, uh, he stood up and he had a pocket constitution. And he said, I want to testify. This is unconstitutional. And he's making a ruckus to be seen, to make the visual. Mm -hmm. And it took quite a while for security to come in and escort him out. Mm -hmm. And I, finally, I turned around, and I looked at his shirt, and it's a big round circle, and it says, we will not comply. And it was from mm -hmm. uh, maybe the Virginia, uh, it, one of the groups out mm -hmm. there in either Maryland or Virginia. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Andy Biggs from uh, Arizona had asked me a question, and it just kind of spiraled into uh you know hey don't make me a felon like you've already done with the bump stocks i had to make a choice there and if you do this if you if you enforce this unconstitutional assault weapons ban i will not comply like the gentleman that just got escorted out so that mm -hmm. was kind of the full scene uh, mm -hmm. and how that unfolded yeah, that was cool that went viral mm -hmm. i think I, uh, uh, uh all oh, the young yeah. folks out there should remember that that went viral mm -hmm. So, yeah. uh, congrats. That's how it happens. You know, it just it came from the universe. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. So, so great. Listen, there's a little bit of conversation out there about what exactly is behind you. So I guess we should just cover that, uh, oh, first before guy? we go. Yeah. What is that? Do you know what that is behind oh, you? Oh, heck no. Uh, don't, don't, don't. Uh, okay. Yeah. One of my, one of my <laughs> <Yeah>. dad's old, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to, I was going to huh? say, I was going to say, don't handle it. It's an Egyptian, probably like a uh -huh. seven seven point six two, maybe. Okay, all right, yeah. yeah. So you know, um, I I don't know if you know this or not, but we're not supposed to handle any guns while we're live on YouTube. So it's a good thing you're not handling that right now, and no one. There's can see not it. even any guns here anymore. Yeah, Look exactly. Yeah, see, it's just you. It's just you. Yeah, it somehow <laughs> disappeared into the ether. You're not on the yes. screen right now, so you could, uh, you know. I, uh, moved, I moved it. 
Yeah, but what was so it was an Egyptian what now? <laughs> Egyptian, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to figure that out. And get yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. If you guys want to know out there, it's Egyptian. <laughs> it's not something we use in three gun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's uh, it's magically. I don't know how it, it disappeared off the screen there. Yeah. I have no idea yeah. how that. How that happened? Uh, we'll well, we're to, just trying to be yeah. compliant, you know. Yes, yeah. I will comply. <laughs> that doesn't roll as well. Yeah, <laughs> toxic patch company says no touching, no touching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a silly, crazy rule that YouTube has. So, but you didn't do that, so you know, there's no, uh, you know, so just, you know, just for future reference, you know, thanks. shame on you. It's so crazy. I don't even know. You know, it's 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 weird and crazy that we even have to go through all of this. Santee TV says it's very beautiful, though. It and, is. Uh, it's yeah. Very, yeah, nice. Yeah. And everyone now in the chat should blame Santee TV because we're not going to see it anymore behind Diana. Uh, Enix Donor says it's an Egyptian eight millimeter Hakim. Oh, oh, it's, yeah, oh, it's a Hakim. Hakim. It. I just oh. didn't know what that meant. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Yes. We've talked about that in the past. Uh um, who is it? I think Walter has one of those, right? So someone. It doesn't say eight millimeter though. It says. Uh... Oh. Yeah, it says what? What was it that it says on there? That you can rem that you're getting from memory. <laughs> they might have been uh, chambered it. Who knows? A lot of those guns. Got... So maybe. Oh yeah. Seven point nine, maybe eight is eight. I don't know. Maybe mm. they round up in yeah. Egypt. <laughs> Could be, could be, could be. Uh, Richard Maunder from Jolly Old England, who's actually joining us from England, says that Eric at IV88 uh, has the same rifle. So there you go. Maybe uh, we should, maybe I should, uh, A, learn how to use it, and then B, like, challenge Eric to some kind of competition. Oh, uh, you uh, you know what? That would be interesting. That would be a nice be a good you know, video. Yeah, like a charity match or something like that. I think it'd be, mm -hmm. yeah, we could take bets right now. For the DC right Project? Now. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I've got. I will put my money on you. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what this gun can do. Yeah. No. Really, I'm gonna put my money on Eric because I think unless you do a crash course in figuring that particular, if you do a crash course on it, then I'm all in on you. I can you know? figure it out. I can figure it yeah. out. It's all the same. It's fundamentals. Yes. Safety mm -hmm. first, and then uh, trigger control. Yeah. Uh, born to be a shooter, Josh says yes. It's just rounded up. And Yannick Stoner says Egyptian Hakim is eight by five seven millimeter. It looks big. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Santi TV, who caused all the trouble, said that would be awesome. So there you go. All right. Well, mm -hmm. here it is. Throwing it down for Eric. Yeah. Let's oh. go, buddy. Yeah. Pick up the gauntlet, Eric. Or we'll find someone just else if he. Just don't if pick he's, up the gun. Yeah. If mm -hmm. he's too. Ch well, I mean, you know, <laughs> if he's too chicken to do it. You know, um, there you go. And Toxic Patch Company says, where is Gun Jesus to tell us it's nothing compared to French artillery? Oh, okay. That's a little, little snipe, little snipe right there at Gun Jesus. Okay, so we've got that out of the way. Now we have nothing in the background, you know. Um, here, here's the thing. You know what? Conveniently right now, Diana, is just going to be me and Rolando on the screen. So okay. it's not you uh, gonna gonna be on the screen here. I'm not telling you that for any special reason. I okay. don't know if magically something is gonna reappear there. So I do uh, have the I, I do have the infamous uh, chainsaw bayonet behind me though. Oh, you do? Let's the, see. Oh, yeah, you, you can see uh, in the corner over my shoulder. Oh, look at oh. There you go. That's the chainsaw bayonet. The dreaded chainsaw bayonet. 
Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. so, so where did you 3D print that, or how did, have you guys always had that? No, no, that's uh, it's a prop from a, a video game, Gears of War. So that's why I was like, did they get this idea from that video game? Because it came out in like oh. 2007. I was like, so this is where they came up with the chainsaw bayonet thing. They saw that game and and they're yeah. like, they have guns with chainsaw bayonets. Yeah, I think you need more light on that thing, you know. That's legislation. Yeah. We need to get legislation yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, come on. It's, it, it to me, it, it enhances the tool, so you can use it for self defense and then trim the shrubs at the same time. I mean, and you don't have mm -hmm. to worry about anything else. You can tackle totally anything agree. that you come yeah. up against. Yeah. Wives, uh, wives appreciate you multitasking like that. Yeah, there right. you go. <laughs> and then it's another excuse. It's like, honey, I well, you know, I I had to buy it. Look, it can do two things at once. So it's right. like we save some money there. Yeah. Didn't someone have one of those actually functioning somewhere? I am sure somebody built something just to make fun of yeah. people. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I thought I saw at least one of those out there functioning. So look at that. Like magically, magically. That that Egyptian gun Ooh. is somehow magic. I don't know. Yeah, Diana, your 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 place is haunted or something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so we're just having a little bit of fun here. We're still we're still on air, so it's all good at this point. <laughs> um, all right. So listen, what should we should we uh, where should we start here? What sh do people want to know more about the DC project? I saw someone was asking. Uh, someone was asking something about Delaware, and now I got to find that. Um, there was a question that someone asked about the Delaware representative of DC Project, and now I'm trying to go back and see if I can. Oh, I can. Uh, I yes. can answer that without it's not, seeing. It's, yeah, it's uh, Night Train. Night Train says, yeah, "Ask Diana Moeller if she knows Kim Peters, who is the DC Petters. Project uh, Petters. Excuse me, Petters, who's the DC Project representative from Delaware. She is the state director for the DC Project in Delaware, and yes, I do know her. She's yeah. awesome." Uh, yeah, you better know her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, this is, one of this her, is your I'll, foundation, I'll, so no one gets I'll in there. I'll give her a shout out. Mm -hmm. I'll give her a shout out. One of her big, uh, one of her big issues is uh, she is former military. Uh, she deals with PTSD, and she uh, would prefer uh, to use marijuana medically, and so she really pushes to squash our. Uh, the medical marijuana and and the gun issue, or at least mesh it somehow. So that's her big issue, mm -hmm. and um, I can appreciate I can appreciate it. It's just uh, you know one of those issues mm -hmm. that's kind of sticky. So yeah. Um, so a couple of things I would say there. One, if there's other there's other people that are part of the DC project that want to come on here and discuss some of those things, we're totally open to it. Um, okay. You know, and then too, I want to know where you guys are at on that because you're saying she advocates for that. Where where are you? And then we'll we'll get from Rolando where he's at on on that whole thing. We talk about the it here D sometimes. Okay, well, the DC project doesn't have a stance on it. Honestly, mm -hmm. um, we don't. Uh, we're I guess we're not. No, that's something that we haven't tackled. Mm -hmm. uh, we are definitely in our infancy and trying to figure out exactly as a grassroots group uh, what we want to tackle and how we want to tackle it. So one of those mm -hmm. things, one of the other things that we're like trying to kick around is can we endorse candidates? We mm -hmm. are a 501c3. We are not a 501c4. So I do believe that we can endorse candidates. We just haven't really figured out the procedure in which we're going to kind of vet 
uh, people and, mm-hmm. and, and make sure that, that they're good on our issue. But we would certainly like to, you know, throw our support behind those people who are going to be good on our issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I, I don't fully understand how the different 104, like 104, 103 stuff works. Uh, um, so the, the particular, the particular uh, formation that you guys did with your nonprofit there, there's certain things you you should probably have to avoid, right? Based on right, C threes C threes are a lot more restrictive in what they can do with money. They can't okay. lobby. I think they can use twenty percent of their money to lobby, mm-hmm. and then the five hundred one C four is not restricted. But we do not have like a tax exempt status. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, that's where the the line is drawn and we we don't have any limitations on the l word on lobbying we like to call it advocating because we're not mm. lobbyists we're honestly just citizens that are going to meet our legislators and uh talk about an issue so uh yeah that's kind of what i know about it now <laughs> okay all right yeah cool so what do you think about this rolando what do you think about the whole idea of marijuana obviously it's on the 4473 so it mm-hmm. could be used against you and you could, you know, people in our world, folks can wind up losing their rights to guns altogether. And it's and stuff like that has happened. We've we've yep. spoken about um, FPS Russia, for example, has lost all his gun rights in uh, in the state of Georgia because he got busted with something or went through something that was related to marijuana. Mm-hmm. Well, I think. Um you see a lot of overlap because, you know, libertarians, this is obviously a big issue in the Libertarian Party and for mm-hmm. freedom and things like that. So I've been, uh, I, I think it should, you know, I think it should be allowed. I think it's kind of like alcohol in that regard, but obviously, you know, it has medicinal uses as we've seen in certain states. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's interesting to look at how, you know, these things, you know, correlate with one another with decrease in crime and things like that. And I honestly think that we just have too many you know, crimes that are pretty much victimless crimes in this country. And marijuana just doesn't seem like one of those drugs that causes the issues that other, you know, other harder drugs do. Uh, Mm -hmm. Portugal, I know, I think more than a decade ago, maybe even longer, legalized everything. And Mm -hmm. uh, they've kind of seen crime go down because of that. I'm not saying that that's something that we should do. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, things are different in the United States. We're a much larger country. Mm -hmm. But I think when you have different examples that's kind of like how a republic works. So if you can look at other countries and see if there's pros and cons for things, sometimes that's what you got to do. I think in the case of marijuana, though, I think at this point it should probably be legalized nationally and should be held against people. Right. I think there's just a lot of people in prison for issues like that, for Mm -hmm. minor infractions. Yeah. Yeah. Can I mention something about that? I, you know, I've not done any drugs in my entire life. I'm not a marijuana proponent, but, Mm -hmm. um, I had a, a friend of mine that was a police officer and his daughter, very, you know, four, five, six years old, had epilepsy and mm-hmm. marijuana did or whatever. I'm sure she didn't smoke it, but however they administered it, that, that did help. And he yep. ended up quitting and going to Colorado and getting a job in law enforcement there. Uh, so his daughter could take advantage of that. So that was really the first cool. exposure of of a non-druggy in my world because I was a cop for 22 years. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, tra- I, I, I put people in jail and uh, for marijuana and things like that. So um, f- that was my first experience is to, well, maybe there is something to this medical, the medical part. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, I kind of softened on it. That's how I softened on it is actually knowing somebody who, and then you, then I run around with Kim and uh, Kim explains to me, you know, she doesn't want to do pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She doesn't want to do manufactured drugs. She would prefer something natural Mm -hmm. that actually has the same effect. Um, So that's, it's definitely evolving in my mind personally. So yeah, I think I think a lot of us feel that same way, right? <clears throat> I've never yeah. done marijuana or anything like that in my life. Um, I don't like. I've taken the legal prescription drugs, and I can mm-hmm. tell you those are crazy and dangerous. Um, yeah. And actually, like the pain stuff out there, I actually cannot take. So even when I've had surgeries, I've had to just like suffer through the pain because they have weird. Just you know, we're not all the same. Um, mm-hmm. in terms of how we react to stuff. So, like, if I drink coffee, I go to sleep kind yeah. of a thing. So, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of the same way. Caffeine doesn't do very much to me. Yeah. So, and this is the, so when you look, so Lola, for example, is a pharmacist um, and, and I've worked a lot, you know, in the healthcare field. The drugs that are out there that are prescription drugs that people could go to a pharmacist and take are really, really dangerous. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of them now they just keep building up these really dangerous things and to think that we have something that's natural in the world and helps abate people's pain yet we're holding it against them and you know and people have to go to jail for that and 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 get their lives ruined it's something we should just deal with whether it's something that we feel now that you know that we're we have a stake in it because we want to take it or we smoked it or whatever or even if we don't Mm -hmm. right so I think that's yeah, one I of think... those easy things, except we can't, there's always this thing going on where like folks in our camp don't get along with the libertarian sometime because they're all for making that legal, but they're not necessarily with us when it comes to gun stuff. Go ahead, mm-hmm. Rolanda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what I was going to say, that it's almost a freedom issue because a lot of it seems to be, and I don't know the entire history, it's just more knowing how the government and, mm-hmm. and big business kind of collude and work with mm-hmm. one another. Mm-hmm. If it's something that has these positive properties and it's something that you could grow yourself, that means Mm -hmm. that it's basically free or cheap. And Mm -hmm. companies don't like that when you can do something and get it yourself. It's like, uh, let's ban your ability to collect rainwater for yourself, but make Mm -hmm. you buy bottled water or to buy it from the city. It's kind of that's that's kind of the same correlation that I see here. There's somebody lobbying that's making money Mm -hmm. for this not to be on the market or to be legalized at this point. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's the same thing when it comes to guns. Oh, yep. why, why do you Absolutely. want to defend yourself? <laughs> we've got mm-hmm. we've got police officers and we've got the military or whatever for that. And they and it's some crazy thought that people might want to be able to defend themselves. Yeah, you, you can't be self-sufficient. That's crazy. Who would want to do yeah. such a thing? Right. Right. Exactly. So um, it's a, it's an inter- it's an interesting thing. I know you probably don't want to get into that too much, um, Diana. Um, What's that? The uh, the the whole marijuana thing, but it comes up. It comes up from time. There's always this kind of conversation um, going back and forward, uh, and and it's one of the things that I've seen uh, become a problem with like the Libertarian Party and gun people. The Libertarians usually say, "Oh, we're we're that we're we're cool with the Second Amendment. We're down with that. You know, mm-hmm. so you guys should come get down with us uh, um, and go for legalizing it." But then, and, and and then sometimes we fall for it, and then they're like, yeah, no, we're not really down with the gun thing, but we do want to legalize it. It's too bad we can't mm-hmm. sort that out. 
Well, and, and shifting gears, another yeah. really hot topic is, that I've softened on is uh, felons, you know, convicted mm-hmm. felons after former felony conviction mm-hmm. of, of having your gun rights reinstated. So, mm. um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm totally 100 uh, percent against that now. <laughs> wait, hold, hold on. So you're wait, you're against you're against. I, uh, I am for people having their second amendment rights reinstated oh, uh, after, okay. after felony conviction. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I yeah. was going to say, how does that, cause I know, obviously you said you spent a lot, a lot of time in law enforcement. Was it, was it tough for you to come to this conclusion? How did you get there? What's the, the story on that? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know how I came to it, but it, I guess it was just the more, the more you see your freedoms uh, being attacked and, and eroding, the more you kind of wake up to it. So mm-hmm. um, I, I'm of the opinion that if you, you know, it's really easy for me to come to the opinion that if you've done mm-hmm. your repentance and you've done your time, then you mm-hmm. should get out and you should be able, you know, if they yeah. haven't, if they don't need to have a gun, then they shouldn't be out of jail. Yeah, so sister. Yeah. So you know that's never yeah. going to happen. But on the flip side of that, I'm all about everybody, ha- you know, being armed and and mm-hmm. and if somebody needs to be, you know, I don't know how YouTube feels about saying, you know, if somebody needs to be shot in the face, that they get shot in the face. So um, we'll find out. But I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, wholeheartedly. I, I mean, I, I, you know? Actually, I've said that before on Facebook, and Facebook, I got I got smacked for that but i'm like you can't even talk about defending yourself anymore you can't even talk about lawfully defending yourself this is where they're going and and people don't want to make a big deal about kyle rittenhouse and i'm like why is our side not protesting why are we not raising money why are we not bringing like this situation because everybody's scared that he may have done something wrong or you know but somebody needs to investigate that because on its face to me I feel like he's a hero, and I feel like that more men, more women that are on the right side need to do what Kyle Rittenhouse did so our our cities aren't burning, our stores aren't being vandalized and looted, people aren't being killed. So um, I'm just a little miffed at some of the people on our side that want to criticize Kyle Rittenhouse or say he shouldn't have been there, he shouldn't have done this, and I'm like, who the, what, oh, it blows my mind. Yeah. It's, you know, it is a weird, it is a weird conversation. And sometimes you can hold multiple thoughts in your brain, but, but one of them could be overriding. So I think when I hear people saying that he shouldn't have been there, um, there's obviously people who said he shouldn't have been there at all. Like, I understand it. My, my personal thing is, if I know there's going to be trouble, I avoid that unless I absolutely have to get into that trouble. And I think mm-hmm. there is some point of saying, well, he didn't have to get into that. But there's a lot more to the point that you're making, I think, Diana, that, okay, so there's bad things happening in the country. No one's doing anything about it. And here comes this kid, like, what the hell is going on? You know, yeah. he still has the heart and the and the belief in America to go, I'm going to go there and try to do something about it. And when you look at the, there's no way you can look at the footage, the, the like, there's a lot of footage out there, right? And when you look at how many times these guys kept going after him and how riled up they were to get him, I, I have no gun. argument with him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, an ex-con so. with a gun, and nobody, you know, in, in the way that they're politicizing the violence is mm-hmm. probably the biggest thing of 2020. You know, that mm-hmm. is politically sanctioned violence that we're seeing 
for the past year and a half, honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they are going after the, the people that are, you know, the good guys with guns. They're, they're hanging up the, the McCloskeys in, in uh, St. Louis. They are going after Rittenhouse. They, anybody who is trying to just mind their own business, with, even with a car, uh, they're, they're prosecuting them to the fullest extent. Look at January yep. 6th. Mm -hmm. prosecuting them to the fullest extent all the while we're getting you know we're watching with our own eyes these people that are horrible criminals and they're being allowed to ruin cities mm -hmm. with their blessing mm -hmm. so yeah. i'm just like i i it, it, it i know it i know it. have you seen or heard that song by aaron lewis am i the only one i think it's what it's called Am I the only one? Oh my gosh! No. It made me cry the first time I heard it because oh, this okay. is what I'm feeling. I'm like, am I the only one that sees this and is is torn up about it? And am I the only one willing to fight? Am I the only one willing to take a bullet? I'm, you know, watching watching our, mm -hmm. our country tear at the seams. So anyway, you got me on yeah. my soapbox. So I'll no, <laughs> this is a good place. This is a good place. I think I think you have good perspectives from this. Did Did you have something you wanted to interject before I do, Rolando? Oh, yeah, I think, um, and, I, and Joe and I have talked about this at length on our show before, that uh, we've been kind of trying to figure out, you know, what's the breaking point for the country? When are people going to react? And I said, I thought that a lot of the things that happened in 2020 would have been enough for a lot of people. But I think part of the problem is that enough people have moved to the states that they want to be in so far that on the news we're watching mostly uh, – I mean, Wisconsin's a little bit more mixed, but we're mostly watching like blue states cause this chaos. And it was blue states that were more restricted. They had more restrictions on, you know, businesses, things like that, masking and, and et cetera during the pandemic. And obviously they had more riots. So I think uh, a lot of people on, on uh, whether you want to call it the right or I, I, I now really talk about authoritarians versus anti-authoritarians because there's a lot of people that, supposedly call themselves Republicans that clearly are not, are, are really not for freedom anymore. And they mm -hmm. kind of showed their, they unmasked themselves in the last few months, I think, especially after January and the election. So uh, that's really what it comes down to. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's a tough situation. What can you say? Yeah. I think people just don't, they're like, my state is doing well. My governor is fighting hard. Like, for example, Florida or Texas right now, you're probably really happy with what your governors have done there. And you're like, why am I going to jump over to help people that voted for this for decades and didn't see the big picture? It's almost like maybe they deserve the consequences of what they get. Maybe this is what it's going to take for people to learn not to vote certain ways or to say you shouldn't be able to own guns or you shouldn't be able to defend your business or your, your life and property. And ultimately, I think that's kind of what's happening. So it's not that people aren't willing to fight. It's that in those places, most of the people there voted for it, and they, they are not really the people that are going to fight. It's going to yeah. take it to the end for them to figure it out. Like, wait a second, my side allowed this to happen, and they're not doing anything about it. They'll never, ever come to that realization. Yeah. I really do believe this is biblical, and they are blind. They have no idea. They don't see it. They don't feel it. They don't understand it. And they have hook, line, and sinker. The, the narrative, the talking points that mainstream media and everybody mm -hmm. is putting out to them, you know, um, I don't, I don't see them ever, uh, you know, maybe a few of them here and there that, that the light goes off, but yeah, they're. Mm -hmm. 
It's yeah. funny. I think the the biggest issue that seems to be getting people awakened now is ironically what's going on in schools that people have gotten to see what their their kids are being taught. And I think that that's going to be the biggest avenue. I, I do think, like you said, men need to step up and, and be leaders again. I think that's a big problem. You know, they made masculinity toxic. So now if a, if a man tries to be a leader and show some gumption, he's demonized and, you know, he's, oh, he's, he's just this dude that's trying to cause problems and they're violent. Look at the language that they use. But I think right. men need to step up as leaders. And I think women now that they're seeing what their kids are being taught in school, they're being demonized because of their race or the history of the country uh, and all these things. I think parents seeing that is going to start waking a lot of them up and they're going to be like, wait a second. This is BS. And they might even be like, I'm all for certain things that are going on right now. I'm for supporting people and letting people live the lives that they want to do. But I'm not for an imp you saying that I'm a bad person just because of the color of my skin. I thought we moved past this. Yeah. Um, so I think that might start waking people up, hopefully. Uh, but it's terrible that it's taken that to, to start waking people up. I think there's a mass state of confusion. Like that's what we've got, a massive state of confusion. And it's infecting mm -hmm. all of us in lots of different ways, yep. right? Everyone's, everyone's dealing with that. And if you don't have a way to pull yourself through that, it's very difficult. For mm -hmm. sure, the folks on the left who have uh, supported all these things, uh, especially in the states that you're talking about where they've put people in power, you know, I think what Diana was saying is true, right? These cities were burning. And the politicians mm -hmm. at that time were like, let it burn, you know, yeah. but, the, but there's people living in these cities that it's their city burning. It's it's their kids mm -hmm. dying. It's their business getting burnt down or they're the ones getting dragged out or whatever. But it didn't happen um, in, a, in a way to those folks enough for them to say, what the hell's going on in America and why are these politicians allowing it? Now, if you yep. flip that over to January 6th, when the politicians get a little scared and something happens, you know, um, in, in their playground. Oh, no. End of the world scenario now. Everyone has to get locked Walls up. Walls and guns. Yeah. 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 Well, and look, at, and look at some of the things that we've been finding out lately. I think BuzzFeed is not the most reputable source, but the fact mm -hmm. that they're reporting, um, you know, uh, what, what happened last year with Megan Whitmer. Supposedly she had like this militia group that was plotting to kidnap her and put her on like a, a trial for keeping the state locked down. Mm -hmm. They said that of the 18 uh, guys involved in that, 12 of them were FBI plants and informants. <laughs> so when does that become a government? When is that really a plot or is that the government creating an entrapment scenario and it was the government doing it the whole time, the feds? Right. And, you know, supposedly we've been seeing more and more of that with January 6th, that it seems like almost the leaders of all the big militia groups, you know, three percenters, Oath Keepers and all them, they all seem to have something to do with the FBI now. It's coming out. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's real. Or did the government create them as like a, a, a paid opposition? And unfortunately, they use patriotic Americans as, you know, the ultimate psyop. Um, you know, that's kind of what we're starting to see. And I used to never believe things like that, but it's starting to be revealed i think it doesn't, diana it, kind of admitted too i think mm -hmm. uh it was funny i heard charlie kirk he's with turning point usa the other day he was on tim pool mm -hmm. and uh he was like tim you're like conservative now you know you consider yourself like a, a classical liberal but you're really conservative and he's like no i've my positions haven't changed it's you guys now that believe that the government does some bad stuff and that you know maybe people shouldn't have to pay for certain crimes and things like that so you are the ones that have shifted positions and it's not saying that that's a left-wing position now. It's just a more awakening that people abuse power. And I think that 
we being kind of an honorable side and looking at things like that, that we trust people that if you're in a position of power, you're going to, you're going to act responsibly. And, you know, the U.S. Constitution is based on a people that are responsible. You can only have freedom if you're responsible with it. So with that, we give you a certain, you know, I guess a standard of maturity being an American. Um, but I think we I think people took that for granted and they've yeah. taken it for granted and they play dirty. So you almost have to. It's sad that you can't play by your own rules because they've changed the rules of the game. And you're kind of left there thinking, do I do I have to give up some of my principles to fight these people? And it's like, well, sometimes you have to have a bag of sand and throw it in the guy's face at the beginning of a fight. And that's what they're going to do to you. So you have to be prepared for it. Yeah, I so. think you have to have like a clear vision. You always have to know where you're going. Right. Yep. And you have to stick to that because like the, the thing you're saying with uh, you didn't believe some of this stuff. Well, mm -hmm. it's it's you know, you know how, how I can put that. It's like in the third world. If you're here in America and you're looking at a third world country where they pull these kind of things, you believe yep. it. Of course. Right? You look at it and you go, oh, yeah, that's in our tactics. That's, you know, that's in the in the playbook. That's what people do. Well, mm -hmm. who who's going over to the third world countries and teaching them the, those tactics? Yeah. Us. <laughs> the people, people here in America going over there and teaching the third world. But when we see it, we go, it's no big deal. That's some imaginary place that has nothing to do with us. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't mean anything unless you live in a third world country and you see that happening to the country. And then when you're in America, you see it happening to America. You're like, oh, you know, the realization for people in America that that could happen to them, I think, is what changes people. The big thing that's happened in the last year, regardless of what side people are on politically, is everyone's buying guns. Why? We know mm -hmm. why we're always buying guns, but why is everyone else buying guns? For the same reason that they woke up to the fact that they are their own first responder. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of, yeah, it's, uh, well, in, in going, in completing that circle, you know, the crappy part about what happened, uh, you know, losing the election and letting, uh, letting the Biden administration take over is now all those cities that were allowed to burn. Now we're, we as taxpayers are paying for their ineptness of taking care of their cities. And mm -hmm. so it's just a huge, you know, it's a huge, uh, money pit uh that these cities that aren't being responsible and upstanding citizens and and really taking care of their cities and, and you know the, the from the da's to the administrators that aren't letting the cops do their jobs mm -hmm. it's a it's a sad state but, but i hope you're right hank i hope that it wake wake awakens people to the point where they might vote for somebody different uh you know they they might take things um a little bit different in the future yeah i don't so now i think that everyone has different levels of what it takes to wake them up so i don't think most people in america are woken up yet right and i think that for like what's happening right now at this point in america the pendulum is still on the left OK, and I think a lot of this stuff that's happening is to deliberately break everything. And to me, I, I don't think that it's just uh, liberals, Democrats that are complicit in that. I think that's also Republicans and people who say that they're conservative, people mm -hmm. who say they believe in the Constitution. They're all for let's break. Let's break this thing. Um, if you look at what's going on around the world right now, close to. Global. Huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If Global. You look, yeah, it's glo yep. It's a global thing, and the world is going to break, and we're going to watch it. And maybe a few yep. more people are going to wake up, but I don't think a, that most people, we're not going to get a majority of people in America waking up 
until that's happening in their neighborhood. Right. Until they run out, until their phone doesn't work, they don't have electricity and they don't have food. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Inflation might be the trigger. When things become unaffordable or uh, you're not able to get what you want at the grocery store, that's when people are going to really start going crazy. Yeah. It's it's like uh, it's like they always say about um, when it comes to economics. Right. If if your neighbor gets laid off, it's it's a recession. Yep, that was. If if yeah. you get laid off, now it's a depression. It's a depression, yeah. That was Reagan, right? <laughs> uh, I you know, good question. I, I think it was Reagan. Yeah. Yeah, good question. But that's the thing mm-hmm. that we're waiting for. Like, if you're seeing it on the news, there's people in America as crazy as it is, as it is that saw those cities burning, and it didn't it didn't like come home to them fully. Now, obviously, a lot of people went out and bought guns, but it's mm-hmm. not going to come back to them until they have to use those guns or fight for their lives and they're like wait a second we're the folks we're on your side we've seen it a little bit you know mm-hmm. we've seen some people out there getting their asses kicked and they're like wait a second though i'm, I'm a liberal i'm on your side why you go why you going after me well because you know once this because hysteria starts yeah yeah once the hysteria starts people yeah. don't know you know it's mm-hmm. just like when you're seeing these cities burning and or and a black business burning and the owner is like I'm, I'm black like you guys why are you burning down my thing because yep. they can't see that they can't see this anymore once they're riled up you know mm-hmm. they can't they can't tell oh this person is gay they must be on that no they don't know all they no. know is we're gonna take something from you we're gonna destroy you we're gonna hurt you because we can and they can't see what side you're on. There's nothing that you could do to make them see it. Until that happens to more people in America, they're not gonna wake up to what we understand for whatever reason it is, you know. uh, Diana, you understand that maybe because of, you know, what what you've done over 20 years in law enforcement, I might understand it because I've been around the world and see third world countries. I think the same thing for Rolando. Mm -hmm. Some, Some folks out there understand it because they've served overseas, they've seen these things. But most people in America, man, are just still living the good life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they talk about uh, when they talk about privilege and they want to rub it in whomever's face that they're talking about being privileged, every person on this uh, beautiful country that we call America is privileged, American privilege, and and it go you know they should look in the mirror before they start throwing uh, any other kind of privilege signs around because we are all privileged to be here. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's there's a weird thing that's getting ready to happen, even on our side, even in the gun world. I feel like people are just not Rolando and I were talking about it uh, before we came on. Mm-hmm. I really think there's like a big break coming in, in our world where no one I've seen. for So, for example, on my on my regular YouTube channel that has um, I've got like one hundred and sixteen thousand subscribers there. And even with YouTube suppressing what we do, we were getting over a quarter of a million, 300,000 views every month. That is down to like less than 100,000. Mm-hmm. No matter what we do, it's crazy what's happening. There's deliberate well, things in there. We're not, we're not prepared for it. We're not doing anything mm-hmm. about it. They've squelched 
the president of the United States. What mm-hmm. do you think that yeah. they're going to do to us? They're oh, going to yeah. do whatever they damn well please. And every mm-hmm. day that goes by that they don't get checked is a day that they get bolder. Same thing with going on, you know, the whole mm-hmm. past year and a half of these criminals that are, you know, the Antifa and the BLM and anybody who wants to uh, go out and create a ruckus. They're not there. Nobody's checking them. So yeah, let's do yeah. this. Let's organize there. Every time, mm-hmm. every time they get to go out and do their business, they get better at it. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting over here, you know, just watching it happen. I just, yeah. it's, well, it blows my mind. It's you, yeah, you, you have to uh, know it's we're coming closer. Sorry. The, the, so yeah. like we sat back over a year ago, like what was it? Two years ago that they took Alex Jones down. Yeah, how, something how long like ago that. Was that? Yeah, I think it might have been like yeah, three years uh, almost yeah. now. Yeah, some people rumbled or whatever, but mostly everyone was like, "Hey, they didn't take me down." Mm-hmm. That's yep. that guy, and maybe a couple. Of, it wasn't just him. There was a few people they took out. But yes, six well, months ago the, they took out the president of the United yep. States of America. All the platform says you said you are banned for life. Okay, mm-hmm. a guy who who was just about to crack through the barrier of having a hundred million people follow him on Twitter, gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Go ahead. I think that we embraced uh, on the conservative side, or and even the libertarian side. I guess mm-hmm. the more right, freedom-minded side. Mm-hmm. We took freedom to an extreme where we went so much about the individual that we almost believe that we can't even be cooperative with one another at this point because it's like anything that's collective is bad and it's like no we believe in in that we can do things without the government that doesn't mean that the individual obviously we care about the individual your rights need to be protected but we're all about helping your neighbor out you know helping your community but without the government being involved with that that we can self-determine those things and we can associate freely with the people that we want and we trade with one another, that's capitalism too, for goods and services that we want. You're good at building things with wood, I, I'm good with a gun, so I can protect you and your family and you can build things for me. You know, it could be down to simple transactions like that, or you've got some cows that you want to slaughter, you can give me milk, uh, I can trade you for, you know, something that I build myself. And, and you know, that's how it works, that's at the basic level. Mm-hmm. And somehow we've kind of forgotten that. I think even as consumer consumers and companies started making things really easily for us we almost that individual spirit almost became about well what can i buy and i know sometimes when you think about it, it's like well that's what the liberals used to complain about that we were consumerists and i was like well to an extent it's kind of true because we almost lost our soul because we're not willing to help one another on the right or the left yeah or or work or or you know feel uncomfortable anymore nobody likes to feel uncomfortable that's that's another big problem everything's too easy whether it's I can order food and it'll show up in five minutes from my favorite restaurant. Uh, I can even order food now from across the country in a store and a restaurant that exists only in one city and get it like the next day. That's crazy. Um, and I mean, those are great advancements, but to say that that's not decadent and that's not going to affect a society and make you lazy and make uh, things more artificial. I mean, that's kind of crazy. We don't, we have no measurement of that. So we had no idea what was going to happen. And I think, once people, once the powers that be saw how people could be manipulated so easily, uh, it just became irresistible for them because they're like, this is a great tool. Like, we don't have to do what authoritarians did in the past where they had to basically grab you with a gunpoint and throw you in the gulags Physically. right away. Yeah. 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 We can cancel you. We can get rid of your uh, bank accounts. We can, we can uh, quiet you know, your make voice. Sure that you yeah. lose your job. Mm-hmm. And just like we always teach in self defense, you can really only escalate one level above 
the Second Amendment is almost, I can't say it's powerless, but from a PR perspective, it's like, well, they're not using physical force against you, so you can't use physical force to fight them back. But at the same time, it's like they're destroying your life. So it's almost it's almost the perfect method. I think they call it fifth generational warfare, where it's information warfare and economic warfare, where you're almost, if you use weapons, it's like you're really going to lose because everything's a PR battle at this point. And if they control the PR and the information, they're always going to make you look bad. They're going to say that you're a white supremacist or a terrorist or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. And Absolutely. they can spread that everywhere. And only your close circle of people are going to know that that's a lie. Uh, but right. nationally, they can portray whatever they want. And I think that's the ultimate power. So here's my question. I think I agree with that. I don't know. Diana, did you want to say something there before? No, I yeah. completely. I was mm-hmm. spot on, and um, one of the it's things pessimistic. That, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, one of the things that you know, I feel a sense of urgency to do is to create more Dana Loches, Dana and uh, Coleon, and those people mm-hmm. who really speak uh, mm-hmm. well and know their statistics and things like that. That's why I started the Ambassador Academy, is so we could, you know, be better in front of camera interviews on camera. We could uh, practice our Second Amendment talking points. But I don't think anybody from our side is really pushing that education to the choir. The choir needs mm-hmm. to know what the words to the song are. And all yeah. we do is know that we like the song and we can hum along with it. But until we know the words, we can't really contribute to that effective communication part. So mm-hmm. that's where the Ambassador Academy comes in. It's really media training, Second Amendment focus. Uh, I started it for uh, you know sponsored shooters, but really it's for anybody in our space. Uh, any companies that, I mean, companies have ambassadors out the wazoo. Anybody mm-hmm. who works at your company, they represent you. And you want to, them to know how to um, how to speak about the Second Amendment. It, it, we are all in this boat uh, together. And we really need to know how to keep it afloat. So, um, and then hand in hand with that is the DC Project. We have on dcproject.info, if you're... Um, Listeners want to tune into that. DCproject.info, on the landing page, there is a one-page talking point document that you can print out and um, use that. It talks about, you know, basically how to talk and don't Mm -hmm. argue, don't debate, don't call names. Mm -hmm. Why do we not support universal background checks? Why do we not support red flag laws? How do guns save lives? Really short statistics like that that you really need to put our side, our choir, really needs to put some time into learning these things. So that's the twofold for, for my life that I'm trying to contribute to this space is between the ambassador academy.info and then the DC project.info. Uh, the, the, the DC project is trying to create an army of women to be a counter visual and a counter voice to mom's demand action. And then the ambassador Academy is just trying to create more, or at least plant seeds. I mean, we can't, Dana and Coleon have been doing this for years, and, and, and we are planting seeds for people that they even know what, um, what to talk about and how to do it. So, yeah, yeah and there's I'm, the free download. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, incorporate this in here. But here, so here's the question that, um, you know, I would really encourage folks to go, go out there and support you. But here's the thing I want to know. And, and <laughs> so right now in the last year, the companies out there in our space in the firearms industry have made a mega crap ton of money. Yeah. Are you seeing that? Because I, 
you know, I, I completely agree with you, but for everything that you're saying that we need to do, it's going to take money in order for us to fight back with the same uh, tools and weapons that people are using against us. It's going to take money. Are you seeing that reflected like this huge amount of wealth that's coming into the industry? Are you seeing it going towards the DC project? Oh, no. No, and I can't. I can't really blame other people because I, you know, I. I feel like I need to do a better job of getting the message out that we exist, what we're doing, and that they should give us their money. Um, so I can't. I'm not. I'm not putting that at their feet. I may not be a good salesman. That's not. I'm totally uncomfortable asking for money, but I'm getting better at it because I'm not asking for money from me. I'm asking for money that's going to benefit you and your company. So we have a lot of great, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the companies are figuring, you know, they do see what we're doing. Six Hour jumped in this year. Henry has been with us for a couple of years. Mossberg and, and Jerry Michalik, oh my gosh, they are huge supporters of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So you're you're we do see a little bit, but you know, hopefully yeah. the NRA show is coming up uh, in a couple of months, and hopefully we'll be able to meet with some more companies and, and, and the more that I do stuff like this and you guys talking about us, then, uh, you know, that's just going to spread the word and give us some legitimacy and people realize what we're doing because, you know, we couldn't go to DC again this year as a group, as all 50 women. So, but I felt, I, I felt some kind of push to go to DC. And so I took 10 of our, our, our kind of our real power stories, uh, whether they be victims or representing a demographic, and we went to D.C. in December. Um, we were lucky enough to meet with the Senate Judiciary staffers, and we were lucky enough to be invited to present to the uh, Second Amendment caucus on the on the House side. So we actually, we really, really got down into some really good weeds. Mm -hmm. uh, and on that trip. And since that trip, we have been, um, Nikki Gozier testified in the Senate Judiciary like the following week um, on red flag laws. And then Ashley Lebinsky testified on ghost guns uh, a couple of weeks later. And then I testified on a whole range of things. Uh, it what They called it like the, the gun epidemic and the never ending problem. So some people may not know because I didn't know. There's no reason for you to know if you haven't testified is that you have a five-minute guaranteed five-minute opener. Well, you can submit written testimony that is infinite. It can be as exhaustive as you want it to be. Well, when there's not like a topic like ghost guns, then I felt like I had about a week. I had about <clears throat> five days actually to basically write a thesis. I wrote 12 pages on a plethora of different items. And uh, so the DC project, that's kind of some of the results that we're getting. And, and, and even Chris Chang, when Chris Chang testified back in March, you know, he called me because I had testified previously and he asked me a couple of questions. And I said, who are you taking with you? And he's like, well, nobody. Uh, I was like, well, I'll go with you if you don't have anybody better, but I wouldn't go by myself. I mm -hmm. mean, there are things mm -hmm. that they, that you need. It's like going to the hospital. You don't ever want yeah, to go advice. to the hospital by yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so I, I actually was able to kind of orchestrate having Maj Ture and and, uh, and and then Chris, and I was sitting behind Chris in my teal shirt. Mm -hmm. So sitting in a, there was very few people in there. There was nobody in the gallery, and Chris was the only one with two people. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And we were sitting behind him and gently nodding our head when Chris was talking and testifying and things like Mm -hmm. that. So orchestrating that visual, orchestrating... You, I, I'm just, literally, I have just watched Moms Demand do do these same things. So mm-hmm. they have the $36, $60 million budget. So I yeah. just let them figure out how what works and then try to mimic what they're doing. So, yeah. yeah. And we helped. The, the DC Project actually helped Chris with his testimony. Uh, we have an amazing girl that fell into our lap. She's a professional lobbyist. Mm-hmm. Um, so she she knows the ins and outs of what's going on in Washington D.C. So she's been a tremendous help. So we're really we really have a lot of horsepower. It's just you know we're a volunteer group. So trying to you know you either got to put gas in the tank or make uh, make contact with the pavement, and and those are where we fall short. And that's where you're right. Money would help. I would love to have somebody do this full time, uh, like a full time CEO, because I don't have time to do it. And a lot of things fall through the cracks. So, Mm -hmm. but that being said, if companies, you know, companies may not be listening to us tonight, but if there's a a thousand people and they could pitch in 10, you know, 10 bucks, then that goes a long way. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you asking about it. Yeah, I think, you know, I definitely don't want to say that no companies, that, that companies in the industry don't help people. Of course they do. Right. Right. Uh, There's companies that help us to do this companies helping you. There's I think there's always uh, folks who are out there doing things. But this is where. Oh, let's see. What was that? (laughs) We've got flash for a second there. (laughs) Well, if I knew you were going to flash us, I would have gone full screen. Uh, Are you trying to show a specific company there? What was that? Can we get that again? There we go. Oh, Benelli and Fiocchi. There you go. go. Okay. All right. Cool. All right, okay, I appreciate here's it. Your Italian lesson for the night. It's uh-huh. Fiocchi. Fiocchi. Oh, Fiocchi. It's a, oh, it's yeah, a K yes. sound. Yes, okay, I stand corrected. And then there's the Ambassador Academy, Hayes Custom mm-hmm. Guns, yeah. Right, absolutely. Okay, so, you know, I really think, though, we're losing this because there's not enough funding. And when I look at the organizations that are out there, it's really like, do, do people realize these organizations don't have the right staff? The organizations on our side do not have the right staff. They don't have marketing people. You know, there's so many different things that they're missing. They don't have they don't have uh, offices in the right place. They don't have just the right resources in place to go out and fight these battles. And it's yes, it's going to take money. I mean, if you've if you've got Bloomberg putting a billion dollars into this, someone else needs to put in a billion dollars against to fight back against what he's doing. Sorry, go ahead. And we're compartmentalized, mm-hmm. um, and, and everybody's kind of fighting for the same money. So, so that hurts us too. But one thing about the DC project is that uh, you know, like I said, I didn't want to make a new organization. There are organizations out there, especially existing in your state, like let's say Virginia, uh, Virginia Citizens Defense League, or Arizona Citizens Defense League. Those those organizations are established. They have their finger on the pulse of what's going on with the Second Amendment within their state. We don't need to. We're not competing with them. We want to just be the visual. We just want to use the stories. We just want to be deployed uh, with these organizations. So we ask we ask the our girls to you know find an organization that's in your state that is already doing a good job that's legitimate. Partner with them and say hey just use us for just use us for that visual and I'll give you this example just recently Texas and Missouri uh, signed those really pro 2A pieces of legislation and if you go back and look at the pictures 
uh, you will see that there are a majority of white men in suits and, and, and very, very little diversity. And I'm sitting here shaking my head going, does our side not get it? Do we not, are we not smart enough to see what that looks like? Mm-hmm. And can't we create a better visual of who, it, who we actually represent? So, and mom's demand is very, very, very well known especially amongst the legislation and things mm-hmm. like that. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make sure that the pro 2A legislators know who we are, know what we can do for them, mm-hmm. because we provide armor when it comes to the attacks on the Second Amendment. Mom's demand had no longer has any standing because the, you've got this other group out here that looks exactly the same way as you do, but thinks just the opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I, it's really it's really scary to think that for sure there's a lot of folks like you fighting fighting this fight there's people uh out there that are genuinely putting into this but they just don't have the resources to um to really win this and this is what's happening that's turning everything around i mean i remember when we got uh, we we got a lot of gun control laws went into effect in florida and the reason why it happened is because mom's demand action had buses of kids going up to um our state house here and scaring the crap out of those politicians over there and at the time for lots of different reasons. I don't want to put it just on the doorstep of the NRA, but there wasn't anything pushing back on the other side. So they right. just caved in. And and yep. this this is continuing to happen and and it's almost like, you know, there's we just don't have what it takes to win this battle. I hate to 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 make people depressed about it, but it takes more than really passionate people like yourself. It takes more. You need resources. Yes, yeah. you, you need a real team in order to do this. We need it in so many ways. What sense does it make when folks like us doing what we're doing, um, what sense does it make if our voice is getting suppressed? Where is the companies going, okay, we can figure out how to get these voices out there. If these guys don't, because there's, there's people who want to listen to our message, but they're not hearing it. And I think it's the same thing that's, that's going on with you, with folks like Chris Chang, with with Marsh Teray, mm-hmm. with lots of people who are out there trying to fight this, and what you, the most brilliant thing that I think it, I think you said it, we're all fighting for the same little tiny pot of money, and then so we're hating each other. You know, I, I'm seeing that a lot behind the scenes that uh, the pro two A organizations up front in front of the people, they're like. Oh yeah, we all get along. Behind the scenes, they're all fighting for the same pot of money. They're like, oh, those guys aren't doing anything. We're really doing something. Right. right. It's too bad that's well, happening. It, it is. It is. And I want to give a shout out to like Tony Simon, who does his diversity shoots up in New Jersey. I think he's in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, actually, also, Kids Save Foundation. Got the Tony shirt on. Oh, you do. Oh, look yeah, at that. There you okay. Go. Are you sh- okay? Are you yep. are you going to stand uh, up and show, show us? A- yeah, you got to stand up. Well, I'm going to show show all of Tony. Oh, it's a lot to see. It's a lot to see. You're going to have to open that shirt all the way. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you, you know, it's shameful. to He's having his diversity shoot tonight. So I want Yeah. Oh, he is. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's shameful to think that someone like, I mean, Tony Simon's fighting like. It's a it's a comic, it's a kamikaze mission that he's on and he's not getting the support at all. He should have, no. you know, in a place like New Jersey, a guy going through that should not have to 
you know, yeah, he yeah. does not have the resources. He's not even scratching the surfaces of the resources that it takes to fight that fight. And he's not the only yep. person. Yeah. Well, whenever we run, win the lottery and we, um, you know, we have money that we can, I can spend on, on this stuff. I will definitely like the Patriot picket. I'm like, these guys are so dedicated and they don't get, mm-hmm. don't get any recognition. They don't get any support. These signs mm-hmm. are handmade. They're horrible, mm-hmm. but they're good messages. Um, but these guys have, have been out there doing this for, you know, for me, whenever I, I had no clue that we, I even needed to be do, doing this. So, mm-hmm. um, Kellyanne Pigeon in, in Pennsylvania, she does her arm. All the trainers are doing such, such great work. And there are people in our, in our space that do need the recognition. Honestly, mm-hmm. the kids Safe foundation up in Oregon, mm-hmm. uh, Derek LeBlanc. I mean, he's really, He's doing what the liberals did to our school system. He's targeting our kids uh, to teach them about firearm safety, and that you know, how can you uh, how can you disagree or argue with that? So mm-hmm. um, that's one of the big pushes from that the DC project does push is the education piece in our in our class. And I was working with um, Senator Inhofe's people. For the past couple of years, um, you know, they've had it shelved, but we were put, I don't know if it's earmarking or what money Mm -hmm. back for schools that would put firearms education back in schools. So that's one of our big pushes is make sure that, you know, this is easy. This is easy to decrease numbers. Uh, The Hunter Education Program has proven that it reduces, it's measurable. It reduces incidents with firearms. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, you know, really one of the things that I wish if if I could get my way when we have big gatherings that, that a lot of folks in the gun world go to, like the NRA, the uh, NRAM uh, or SHOT Show, there shouldn't really be that many people on the floor. There should be a t- tons of meetings or one massive meeting of people trying to figure out exactly what are we going to do this year that we haven't had that. We've suffered tremendously for it for not actually getting out there and interfacing with people but guess what Mm -hmm. even when we have it we're missing out on the things that we need to do we should be building our own platforms to combat this stuff we should be building up uh different uh ways of of us communicating with each other and organizing and sharing resources yeah Mm -hmm. banking everything everything We, we we should be thinking about everything but but and I know there are companies and there are people like, hey, we're working on this. We're trying to get the well, we're we're close to where it's almost too late, yeah. right? Yeah. If not already too late, because we haven't done any of it and we're just getting choked off slowly. So, I mean, I don't know if there's some if there's some people out there, these companies, just think about that for a second, <laughs> you know, because when we're not there doing all of this, when we're not there representing, then the the industry is done. Right. You know, yeah, there's a, there's a big tidal wave and we, and there's a lot of us, the little people that are, you know, not part of big organizations that are mm-hmm. holding that uh, curbing that tide for sure. Yeah, it's just it's just scary to me. That's why I'm talking about it. It's scary to think of how much how much talent is out there and it's not really being utilized properly and the people aren't getting put together and you know there's just no kind of networking going on and i understand like why some people don't want to deal with each other and we all have you know those kinds of things but there should be a pool where enough of us can get along in there and we and we're in there and we're doing this better but there isn't right. and at these at these events 
it needs to happen. <laughs> People need to sit down and say, how, how can we do this? There's the consumers out there and the, and, the, and the folks out there, like the people who are listening to us, who show up to those things. We should be telling them how they can actually help, what they can actually do. There's yeah. the gun stores, right? That side of the industry, we should be talking to them because they're, they're actually suffering the most out of all, all the industry. There's the industry. There's the, there's the content creators. There's the folks that have uh, pro-Second Amendment organizations, the, uh, you know, the activists and stuff like that that's going out there. No one's talking to anyone. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a fiasco most of the time. And it's just, I don't know when it's going to end. Well, I'm not. I'm not willing to not try. So mm -hmm. we're gonna keep. Uh, we're gonna keep talking, and we're gonna keep pushing, and we're gonna keep doing what we can to hold mm -hmm. the line. Um, and and yeah, but I'm glad you're talking about it. I mean, mm -hmm. articulating it and, and exposing it and talking about what we need to do to um, to to right the ship. You know, part of it. Part of it is uh, I've been pushing my audience a lot to to be not only engaged, but it, it, you have to run for office. And, and I mean, honestly, the federal offices, the bar has been set pretty low. Mm. So I think that anybody is, is capable of that. Now, are you going to get the passes that Joe Biden and AOC get? No, but uh, <laughs> we're going to need men. We're going to need strong men and women that can withhold, withstand the attacks um, kind of what they do with uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, they they attack her incessantly mm -hmm. uh, because she's dangerous. She's she's genuine and she she speaks to her audience. So, mm -hmm. um, I started that for to say, oh, but they don't have to run for federal offices. They can run for school board. The school mm -hmm. board yeah. is obviously just as important or more important than uh, than a federal office. So we need to start locally. You need to get plugged into your city. Uh, understand how it works because I don't, I mean, honestly, I'm not a political type person and I mm -hmm. don't understand how, you know, parliamentary procedures and all mm -hmm. this good stuff. I'm not that good uh, in this space, but I'm growing. Uh, and I understand that the school boards and city councils and county commissioners and things like that, I'm just trying, I'm just starting to figure out the web of what a government looks like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but but yeah. constitutionally sound people are going to have to go to bat and get out of their comfort zone and serve in those positions if we're ever going to take the reins back because they the 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 liberals have just completely systematically uh, inserted themselves into a position of power into a position of influence. And they are they are they are reaping the benefits of their heart, their uh, crops uh, mm -hmm. that they planted a long time ago. Yes, yeah. and lots of uh, lots of uh, conservatives have gotten very passive. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I think people confuse the desire for small and limited government for no participation in government whatsoever. Right, I agree. And it's like, unfortunately, you're going. There are people that have to. There's a reason why they used to call it serving. You know, even when you were in office, you served in office because it was a sacrifice. People knew that you had to basically get rid of your day job and go to Washington and have to serve the people and represent people, and it was a responsibility and an honor. But now people just see it as a cash out and and uh, a grab at power. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think that uh, that paradigm has to change back to really people representing it and and people on. On our side, you know, that believe in freedom, just knowing, hey, I'm taking responsibility. I may not want to do this. In fact, those people may be better because yeah. them not wanting to do it 
you know, they'll be less corruptible. Yeah, you like, won't be wow, comfortable. I to, yeah. Yeah. I, it's like, I don't feel good wielding this power. So I'm going to make sure that I try to do the best job that I can. Yeah. We need the uncomfortable, nervous people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> up there. Yeah. Not these guys who know, hey, we're, we're playing this silly game of, uh, yeah. you know, R versus D. <laughs> Yeah. So it yeah, I mean, really you do matter. need you do need like the uh, what what is it the window breakers sometimes, like uh, the Trumps or the uh, or the MTGs. Even if you don't agree with their policies, just because somebody's got to break in. It's like when mm -hmm. you walk into a store and and it's like you don't have to wear masks anymore, but everybody mm -hmm. still is, and you're the first one to take it off, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, we can do it." <laughs> and then everybody yeah. kind of gets in and they're like, oh, okay. So I think that the door has been open in a lot of senses. Uh, we didn't see it necessarily in 2020, but maybe in the next few years, we're going to see a lot of people come out of the woodworks, kind of like Lower, uh, Bobert, uh, where they you know, started. I was just, I'm just a normal person trying to run my business. And now I've gotten tired of doing this. I mean, that's mm -hmm. kind of why Joe and I do a show now, a podcast. It was our way of at least starting to get our voice out there because it's like I'm tired of people not saying anything and also portraying us in a certain light just because we own guns. And it's mm -hmm. like, that's all, that's garbage. So, yeah. you know, nobody else is going to speak for me except for myself. So I might as well do it. Yeah. Uh, we've got a, we've got a, I know I've missed some of the uh, super chats. Money, 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 money. Uh, <laughs> toxic patch company says uh zoned out has anyone discussed the fourth circuit court ruling about the age restriction on handguns i um, just saw that before i came on uh that's yeah. that sounds huge wow yeah. yeah that's big in florida that'll affect florida right away yeah so what was that because i did not see it so can anyone fill uh, me in on yes, that so here we go young adults may soon to be able to legally buy handguns once again a three-judge panel in the fourth circuit of Court of Appeals ruled on Tuesday the Second Amendment protects the rights of 18 to 20 year olds to buy handguns. It struck down federal laws that prohibited licensed dealers from selling to young adults. In a two to one mm -hmm. vote, the court found the federal restrictions did not stand up to scrutiny. Yeah. So that. So they're, they're starting to use strict scrutiny for the Second Amendment now? That would be a huge change. Uh, yeah. You know. And being a redheaded stepchild. Right. <laughs> so here in Florida, that's one of the things that happened, right? They put in this restriction on uh let me see my my camera is acting crazy right now um they put in this restriction that you cannot buy um a hang uh, you can't buy any guns until you're 21 here mm -hmm. and the um so here in florida everything is controlled by republicans here in the state and the state the uh the representative that um that was in charge of all that stuff and let that go through is right here in gainesville and i spoke to that guy and he didn't think it was a big deal to do that. He didn't think it was a big deal to put in that restriction. And he was like, yeah, you know, if I need to, I could get stuff for my daughter. And I was like, what, what, what are you talking about? What about an 18-year-old, a 19-year-old, 20-year-old that doesn't have a rich father, you know, who's a politician to go buy guns for them? And that person is out there working late at night on their own. He just looked at me like I was crazy. And this is the this is the problem that we have. That was allowed in Florida. And if they know yeah. they can get away with that in Florida, they can pretty much get away with it anywhere. And that guy's still Hank he's Strange, still in office. I think Hank Strange needs to run for office in that uh, district. What, um, what, if what, if what, I what have to, I will. <laughs> if I have to, I, I will. I will. Yeah. I gave that guy a piece of my mind. He wasn't too happy about it. He's still there. Um, I hear people talking about it, you know, um, 
Well, you know, the, the, the way that I look at it is that, mm -hmm. so you're telling me that the federal government, if they decide to go into a conflict with another country, if they decide as a, as a male 18 to 35, I'm basically enslaved and they say you have to go fight, you know, whether mm -hmm. you want to or not, mm -hmm. but you can't own a gun. Yeah. If you're an 18 year old, we can basically enslave you, take away your rights and force you into the military because that's, I don't really care what anybody says. That's what the draft is. Yeah. One of the uh, things you know, he told me was he didn't even Especially when we have so, so many people who would volunteer for the military. It's like, you don't need a draft. Like, that's absurd that you would do that. Yeah. Uh, he you told know, me maybe, he doesn't even think people, you should be able to vote until you're 21. Yeah, maybe maybe provide a government that people might be, you know, confident in and loyal mm -hmm. so that they're more willing to serve. But, mm -hmm. you know, what what can we say? These politicians yeah. don't serve seriously. So how can they set an example for anybody else? Yeah, so. I, th I do agree with what Diana said. I think we need to mm -hmm. run those people out of office, regardless of how, who they are, how popular they are, or whatever their aspirations are, you know, or at least make it difficult for them. One of the things he said to us is, if you don't vote, if you don't vote for us, then Democrats are going to get in and then it's going to be worse. And I was like, yeah, OK, what's what's the difference? What's the difference between right. you and Democrats if this is what you're doing? There isn't one. You know, and that and that's where we are now in Florida. You know, even though we have DeSantis, there's no constitutional carry. They're not overturning any of those. Oh, man, I think we, we had like one or two small things overturned, but those guys have no interest in doing anything about it. And I think that's why it comes back to what Diana was saying, that we need to run against these people in every place that we can. Or even for me, if there's if there's someone who wants to run and they're worried about it, like how they're going to get exposure, I'll be happy to spend my, my time and my energy uh, helping to get that person recognized by people in Florida. And that's you know? something that if people don't feel that, that they can run for office, that they... I love it when people say, you know, I don't pay attention to politics. Well, politics mm -hmm. pays attention to you. Mm -hmm. And if yep. you you have to get involved regardless of whether you want to run for office or not. If you if you don't want to run for office, I can respect that. But you need to offer your treasure, your talent, or your time uh, to people who do. You know, find a good, a good constitutionally sound uh, candidate and, mm -hmm. and offer to be their ground army because that's another place that we're mm -hmm. lacking. We just... You know, we want to live and let live, and we don't want to necessarily um, force anybody or force our opinion on anybody, and we don't want to necessarily put in the time that it seems like seems like liberals. That's all they do is live to be a liberal, and, yep. um, mm -hmm. and you know, go out on on protests and, and help campaigns and things like that. So, mm -hmm. our our way of life is definitely as conservatives are are, uh, are working against us. Yeah. I think I yeah, I it, it yeah. kind of does. Yeah, it, yeah. it's true. We kind of like let uh, kind of took our hands off the wheel. I think that we mm -hmm. I think it was now you're seeing a trust deficit. And mm -hmm. the result of that is that we misplaced our trust for a long time and in institutions and in people that we thought were trustworthy. And that, like I said, were honorable with us uh, like we were. Uh, and you know, that was obviously misplaced and we were taking advantage of it always happens. It's the nice guys finish last mentality. And it doesn't mean that you need to be evil or bad. It just need, means that sometimes you have to be a little bit more cynical and realistic about things and realize that when you put people in positions of power, that's when you have to provide them with even more scrutiny, not less. And I think mm -hmm. that that's a mistake that we make. We're like, Oh, this guy's got it. So we're good to go. I'm going to go work on my business and my, all my cool stuff, make my money. And as long <laughs> as my family's doing cool. Yeah. I don't care about anybody else. And it's like, yeah. well, unfortunately, 
If your neighbor's burning stuff down next door, like it's going to affect you eventually. It's all so, good until someone smashes your windows and pulls you out of there. Yeah. If, if other yeah. people don't agree, see, the problem is that's why I go back to authoritarianism versus anti-authoritarianism. The difference between us, I think Clover Tech came onto our chat on our show before mm-hmm. and, and he asked a really profound question. He's like, we always talk about what will happen to us if like the left or the progressives win. What will we do to them if we win? I was like, we probably wouldn't do anything because yep. we believe in freedom and live and let live. You can start a, a communist commune in the United States if you want to, if people agree to get into that uh, you know, agreement with you. As long as you're not imposing on anybody else, you guys can live in the collective if you want to do that. And nobody's going to stop you. So you can, you can go ahead and do that. You can start your own farm, do that, live together. And if that's what you want to do, cool. Just don't come over. Don't impose my things upon me, your beliefs or anything like that. Uh, I, you don't have to be pro-gun as long as you're not for taking my guns away. So if you don't want to own guns, totally fine. That's awesome. Uh, you know, you have the freedom to do that. But, you know, it comes down to imposition of will. I don't want to impose my beliefs on anybody else, but I don't want them to impose them on me either. Mm-hmm. And there, in, in most cases, you can live you know, freely that way. Now there's always going to be people that get offended. So you have a right to be free. You don't have a right to not be offended. Mm -hmm. So, and that's another thing that people construe. I think that we've moved to such a peaceful society that humans almost desire conflict. So in the past, it was always physical conflict, whether it was gladiatorial combat war, or, you know, we had duels up until like the the turn of the uh, 20th century, Um, you know, and people dealt with issues physically then we started kind of moving beyond that. Like that's not always effective because, you know, people don't need to kill each other to solve problems. Yeah. You know, so you're saying bring back, bring back <laughs> the, uh, you know, pistols, oh, yeah. pistols at dawn. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just like, saying that. Let's just get into the MMA ring or something, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. If you, yeah. Yeah. So uh, what, it, it's, it's uh-huh. more just that, you know, they are always, they always want to impose their will. And that's almost the argument that I start making with people now, it's like, you know that if if I'm in charge, you can still kind of do what you want as long as you're not demanding that I give you money or pay for things for you. Mm-hmm. You can go ahead and live what you want. You want to dress how you want. You want to identify how you want. That's great. But you can't impose me to call you a certain thing if I don't believe that you are. Mm-hmm. It be, and I'll use the same excuse against me. It's like, well, this is what I believe and this is how I feel. And I'll be like, yeah, this is how I believe and this is how I feel too. So we've come mm-hmm. at an impasse. I reject your premise. Let's just go if you're ahead free and to identify as whatever you want, people are free yeah. to identify you. I mean, yeah. that's a two way street. And so, I'll be like, I identify mm-hmm. as this and I reject your premise. We don't even have to be friends. I think that that's yeah. the problem. Everybody wants everybody to like each other and approve of their lifestyle. like, if that dude across the street doesn't like what you do, screw that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, right. as long as you're not bothering him and he's not bothering you, if he's coming to your house and complaining about what you do in your house, then he can go F off. But if mm-hmm. he's not doing that, then who cares if he gives you a stare down the street? Mm-hmm. It's like get over it, man. People don't like each other sometimes. I think we unity is overrated sometimes. It's just like let people live, and you don't have to like everybody. It's not mm-hmm. a bad thing. As yeah. long as you don't kill each other and hurt each other, it's fine. Yeah. So what are you guys? I wanna I wanna switch. Uh, I wanna switch a little bit here. What are you guys thinking about all the current events? We haven't really kind of like touched on it. Yeah. Uh, we've got like Haiti, Cuba, South Africa. Who oh, wants yeah. to start where? Diana? Global. It's a there's a global movement. I feel like I am a Christian. I feel like whatever it is is a um, 
you know, it's a light versus dark thing, and mm -hmm. uh, it's not just a left versus right. This is this is huge. This is biblical, and you're seeing it all over the world, not just here in our country. So, I think you're right. They're trying, you know, to, to break America. We have to destroy America from within, and um, so. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah. I've heard it called the spirit of the age. I think uh, Steve Dace, he's, uh, he's a conservative talk show host. He, mm -hmm. he focuses more on, you know, he's one of the few people that kind of isn't afraid to talk about religion mm -hmm. on his show. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not as religious, but, you know, I think sometimes you have to you have to look at what's going on. You're like, there's no logical explanation for people to behave this way. Uh, and I think that part of it is it's a loss of morality. So if you want to say it's a loss of religion, People can go there. We know that, uh, you know, I'm Catholic. The Catholic Church did some terrible things back in the day. They committed atrocities to the church and religion isn't immune to doing bad things. But I think not having that unified moral code does cause an issue. And I think that what the left did is that they they found a vacuum there with faith and they successfully demonized all Christians. You know, some Christians didn't do things to help themselves either. Uh, you know, they could have been more live and let live because it's like, well, dude, I mean, when we die, we're going to find out who's right. So don't worry about them if you think mm -hmm. that they're sinning and they don't want to change their ways. Again, as long as they're not imposing upon you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the left almost found, OK, religion is very effective. So how can we use certain things that are like religion? And it's like, well, let's use race. So that's original sin. It's like Adam and Eve, just for existing, every Christian, we're all sinners because of original sin with Adam and Eve. Now it's like, if you're white, you're, you're a sinner just because you're white. It's kind of the same thing. Uh, you have to repent. They build monuments. They do all these things. So it's almost becoming like a secular religion uh, around like progressivism, leftism. I don't even know what to call it anymore because it's a, an amalgamation of a lot of different things. And it's effective because you keep people in check. Uh, and it's a club that everybody needs to be a part of because now mm -hmm. it's institutionalized. Just like, you know, back in the day, it's like, well, if you're not part of the church, you get excommunicated. That's really bad. Or if you say these certain things, they're going to call you a witch or they're going to say that you're, you know, evil or something like that. Or if you're Galileo, they're going to say, no, the you, the uh, sun doesn't, the earth doesn't go around the sun. That's preposterous. And, and they're even doing some of the things that the church used to do back in the day. They're denying science or they're manipulating those things. And they're saying, no, this isn't true. And it's like, wait, 10 years ago, you said that this was a certain way. And now you're contradicting yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah, we don't need to go into all the things that we, we know different. I think it's about confusion. About. I think ultimately it it's about confusion. You, you have to take away everyone's identity, everyone's yeah, then they can't organize. Um, moral compass in order to, to break everything and then rebuild it however you want it to be uh diana Des mm -hmm. destroying the authority i mean mm -hmm. we started with destroying our authorities in schools when we won't let our our teachers you know any kind of corporal punishment any kind you know it's always the teacher's fault and, mm -hmm. and now our kids learn to just push the envelope at school uh you take the power away from the parents you take now we're taking the power away from the cops and it's really about destroying, I mean, BLM has a website and it'll tell you that their, their mission is to destroy the Western family. So mm -hmm. um, it, it's not a secret. I mean, they want to destroy and who wants to destroy? Satan wants to seek and destroy uh, everything here. That's his, that's his MO. So mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, it's pretty it's pretty weird that I'm sitting here in 2021 having this conversation with you guys, thinking that you know we are in a biblical war, mm-hmm. uh, and I do believe that Rolando is right with uh, the information war. We are at war. Uh, we mm-hmm. there are just no shots fired, and, um, mm-hmm. and and there are a lot of people that don't even recognize, realize, or admit or accept that we are at war. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's pretty scary. So, Rolando, what district are you going to run in? Uh, I, what district is it down here? I forgot. I think I'm only 20, <laughs> 20, 20, 22. Mm-hmm. Elsie Hastings is my representative, unfortunately. Who is that? Elsie Hastings. Hastings. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Democrat. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, yeah, it definitely. sounds like uh, it sounds like you really do need to run then. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's that's what people tell me. Mm-hmm. But, awesome. Uh, I think he's got. Me. I think he has what it takes. You know. I think you I both think, do. Yeah, I'm I, not. I I'm not trying it. to push. I'm not trying to push you into anything, Rolando. No, I no, think. I think. I, th- I think Joe, ultimately Joe. we all do have to. We have to get involved somehow. Now, does yeah, everyone have that, to um, be the leader and get out in front? I don't believe that. Right. I think one of the problems we have is we don't have enough people that want to follow these days. Mm-hmm. Um, as 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 much as we have that people that want to lead, it's almost like everyone wants to lead. You know, um, and maybe follow is like a bad word for some people, but but you need a team in order in anything that you're doing. You need a team. Right. So to to get political office, you need a team. You need people around you that you could trust, that that do things for you, that push you in the right direction, keep you informed, all of that kind of stuff. And that's really what it takes to to make that happen. You know, we need to identify the people around us that are better than the options that we have, even when it's Republicans. Mm hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Primary those people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm excited because uh, come October, we're coming your way to mm-hmm. Big Daddy Unlimited. Uh, we're having mm-hmm. a state director training. So okay. uh, all of all of the women will be down there. I would love for you to stop by and get introduced to uh, all the state directors and you can figure out who you want to have on your show. Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll have to talk a little bit about that um, afterwards. But uh, yeah, uh, you know. That sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put it to you that way. I think that, you know, I think we we really need to be able to to do some of this stuff. Um, I'm not sure that it's that it's going to happen necessarily. You know, I don't know if there's enough people out there that really, really want to do it and get involved versus the people who want to sit back maybe and complain about it or watch it happen from the sidelines or even the folks who are like, well, yeah, let, let everything burn down because I'm, I'm ready to fight. It's going to be awesome. You know, when we're out there fighting. So, yeah, um, I'm, my husband's kind of one of those that, you know, he's like, I'm ready. Just pull the plug on the electricity and let them, you know, let things happen. mm -hmm. But honestly, Mm -hmm. I I know know that I know Uh, that I have too big of a heart to mm -hmm. not let that affect me. And when people are starving, when people are hurting, I am going to be wanting, you know, I'm like, you might as well just buy some more food because, you know, I'm going to want to give people food and you're going to want me to be on perimeter and shoot people. You know, at some mm-hmm. point that you have to draw a line and, and put up the red light and say no more. Uh, but uh, I, I don't have a problem defending myself, but it's really mm-hmm. hard to watch people su- suffer and struggle. So yeah. uh, if if they don't think that, you know, if, if I don't know, I. 
I'm I'm almost going towards prepper mode. Um, yeah, I don't want to see I, America descend into that. I don't want to. Ultimately, you know, if uh, our backs get if we get backed into a corner, then that's what we have to do. I think the reality is more than likely that we're gonna run into a massive financial wall here, and a lot of people are gonna suffer. And and unfortunately, it's the people who have supported, you know, a, a lot of what's happening right now. Absolutely. That's just the reality of what's happening. You can't. Everyone can't stay home. Everyone can't get paid from some magical pot to stay home and do nothing. Oh, can you imagine how they lose their minds and scream into cameras and scream into people's faces? Can you imagine having actual, uh, you know, hard times and not eating for several days and starving? Mm -hmm. And I mean, they mm -hmm. will. I, uh, they, literally, they lose their minds. They yeah. they have already lost their minds, and I can't imagine those people that don't know how to control their emotions. Eh. Yeah, it's Pardon. a weird, it's a it's a weird thing happening. Even when I was looking at the footage of what's going on in South Africa right now, and how there was like a mall over there and people stealing stuff, it, uh, it, you cannot be suffering if you're stealing a big screen TV. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I don't know how that's going to feed yeah. you. You can't, that like, are you going to sell that for food? I don't understand exactly if food is the that commodity a at like the time. BLM. Yeah. I look like BLM instead of revolting against uh, communism or, well, South Africa is not communist, but they, what are they they're, considered? I, I believe they're, they're somewhere on the cusp of socialism, but they call it a. Uh, they call it de democracy, yeah, just like a lot of places. Sure. Yeah, I, I was I born in, I was born in Guyana. I was born in Guyana, and they call what they have a democracy and all that kind of stuff, but it's it's closer to socialism. You could it, you could call things whatever you want to. It doesn't mean anything anymore, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's really what I think is going on. But you're not truly suffering. You know, the sign is when the people are so hungry that they just go for the food or when they're so hungry that they realize they have to make an investment in changing the country and they have to be willing to die to do it. When people are when people are looting, they're not really suffering. It's the same thing we saw here in New York City. People are somehow suffering, but they're smashing into the Gucci store. What the hell is that? There's nothing in the Gucci it's store American for you to eat. American privilege. Hashtag yeah. American privilege. Yeah. Well, what is what is going on in there that you know that you're going to eat and somehow take care of your family? Nothing. Yeah. Right. We so we don't know. We have had hard times. Uh, that uh, hard times create hard, you know, good people, and then good times create soft people or something like mm -hmm. that. So I yeah. believe that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a lot of of uh, of what's happening to us. And when you look at the world, like I think we're really not there yet. We're really not there now. In some places, I think in in uh, in Cuba, for example, we might be really close to that, and in Haiti, we might be really close to that also. Mm -hmm. Well, I think what you they know? say is that the threshold is if forty percent of your income is required to feed yourself, that's usually when a revolution begins. In a mm. country and it all collapses when, when yeah. that much of your income is spent on that yeah yeah when the people so, when there's truly like nothing when you really can't do when there's nothing to eat ultimately people go okay so yeah uh, i heard um you know a, an interview with uh she's a north korean dissident uh defector her name is mm -hmm. yomi park mm -hmm. and she described the reason you know basically growing up in north korea i think she escaped when she was 13 or so uh and Pretty much, she said the only reason that she wanted to leave was because she was starving. 
She was like, we see dead people all the way. We're oppressed. Uh, she said that the concept of love doesn't even exist in North Korea. There's no word for it. So that's kind of what they do. They don't even teach you or allow you to perceive or even think certain ideas. Um, she kind of described how uh, Kim Il-sung kind of took Christianity and planted himself. And then eventually, you know, obviously his children afterwards now with Kim Jong-un. Uh, as like a Jesus Christ figure, and they kind of teach that as historically, you know, they, they like mm -hmm. borrow things from Christianity and try to make him like the God and the Savior, and that basically each of his sons is him getting reincarnated. Mm -hmm. But she said, yeah, the only reason she left was because it's like, well, China had electricity and they had lights, so I figured there must have been food over there. Yeah. So she got schooled and trafficked Funny. out, and she became a sex slave, essentially, and eventually um, some Christian missionaries from South Korea were able to smuggle her through the Gobi Desert to Mongolia, and then she made it back to South Korea. And she said after the South Koreans, you know, kind of put her in, I guess for lack of a better word, but in a nice way, a re-education facility or kind of an education facility because she had no education on how the West works. Mm -hmm. um, she's like, I don't know what money is, ATMs, banks, or anything like that, or even coming up with my own ideas for what I want to do. Uh, and she said when the day finally came that they, you know, let her out and it's like, here you go, you can be on your own. She said it was overwhelming. And she said, if North Korea had like called me and said that they could give me food, I would have gone back because the freedom was painful and terrifying because never in my life did I have to determine things for myself. And people would ask me something as mundane as like, what's your favorite color? And it's like, I'd never even thought of the concept of having a favorite anything. I was always told that I had to like red because that's the color of the revolution or I had to eat this food because it's what we had or it's what the government said, that's what you deserve. Mm -hmm. Or that, you know, America's evil because that's, they are, they're the ones that cause all the problems. Mm -hmm. um, so finally she ended up lecturing here and I think she's going to Columbia University now. And she said, that the students now, she's like in battles with all the woke kids and she's like, look at what I've gone through, you don't understand. But at the same time, she's like, they do truly believe that they're oppressed. And from her perspective, knowing how even in North Korea, like we didn't have a concept of love, it mm -hmm. showed the power of psychological warfare that you can have on people, that you can convince somebody who has everything that they're the most oppressed person in the world and they actually believe it. Mm -hmm. And it's also because they have no other context. If you've only grown up in the suburbs or even even out in the boonies and, and you've been comfortable because you came from a responsible family, even conservatives fall to this sometimes because if you're responsible, you might've been responsible for, you know, your, your, for generations. So you almost take it for granted sometimes too. Mm -hmm. uh, the same way that, you know, anybody that's rich or something like that, you know, if they didn't work for that, they, they, mm -hmm. they lose sight of what it means to work. Um, it can happen. And I think that that's really what's happened. So sometimes, you yeah, know, we're like, well, the, how can they not see it? And it's like, well, they've been brainwashed essentially. So yeah. how do you deprogram people? Um, that's the, that's the parallel. That's the parallels to what's happening here. Mm -hmm. That's the parallel no, no, to I, what's, happening what's happening here happening in America. Here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, absolutely. that's what I said is happening. And that's what she tries to point out. That's like, these are the same tactics that the revolutionaries used in North Korea and in China yeah. uh, to convince people that, they, yeah. you, you convince people themselves that they're bad and they're like, wait a second, I am the bad guy. And they look in the mirror and they're like, I never thought that was true. It's like, what? How can you do that to somebody? Yeah. So, it's crazy. Yeah, and the, uh, the crutch of it is, well, I just completely lost my train of thought. Mm -hmm. We were talking about, uh, it was the gaslighting when you were mm -hmm. talking yeah. about that. It was mm -hmm. like the, uh, the, the gaslighting that, that the, the liberals will say that we are doing, that the conservative side of the Republican side is doing what they're actually doing. And I'm just like, so crazy. <laughs> and yeah, Saul Linsky tactics. 
Yeah. Yes. That's what he taught. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's um it's amazing when you see people in America that like, oh, racism is so bad. And there's people who institutionally because of the if you're white, you're racist. Let's say let's just put it like that. Let's be, mm-hmm. you know, let's be simple with it. And so black people looking at every white person because they're white, they're racist. And the way to deal with that is to be racist against them. Okay. Yeah, it's so it's so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> you like, know, oh, this, did you ever think the, that breaking the cycle of hate might be the solution? Well, so. and also like understanding history, like, you know, yeah. if you look at if you look at what happened in slavery, for example, most people don't realize that that's that, that this what was bad that happened here happened on two sides. So, yes, mm-hmm. there were white people that in, that owned other human beings, black human beings and enslaved them and did all these terrible things to them. But there were also black people that sold those black people into slavery and had no respect for their own people and and saw their people as being worth less than the alcohol or the beads or the guns or whatever they got for that. And they just don't realize that everyone, every every person that exists of every color was complicit in that. There's people in America that don't realize Native American tribes own slaves. They own native other native Indians and they own they owned Africans. They own black people as slaves. They just don't they don't get it. They don't realize that Irish. It's like there were, you know, Mm -hmm. populations, Irish. And uh, it's definitely uh, it's just so sad that it gets diluted into only Mm -hmm. being a black and white issue uh, because it's such a more complex issue. And that's, again, where they have the power in the the message. And uh, so they can they can craft the message however, however they want. Yeah. And so that's that's how we get trapped in that. And I think there's a lot more people these days that just don't see the balance of all of these things for whatever reason. And this is why they're doing what they're doing. Every single human being potentially could be a horrible person. But what you do is you deal with people and you see where they're at. And if they're good people, you deal with them. If they're not good people or they're or they're not people that align with what you believe, you don't deal with them. You know, content character. Yes, we're way we're like that doesn't even and and the funny thing is is that even what's going on now there's like that how um, I don't know what to call this thing if it's like pandering or some kind of self-serving nonsense that we see coming out from corporations like what you see when you if you look at commercials or you look at what's happening um, I've I've seen it just on on the streamers right the Netflix and whatever the things that I'm like what the hell mm-hmm. what, what the hell is going on I, I give you guys an easy example it's like uh uh black history movies or something like that or black or powerful black voices right they put that on the Mm -hmm. movies on black movies those movies are not free though you gotta pay extra (laughs) like what (laughs) like there's no there's no point to this thing that you're making except to get money Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's so many things like that and i'm like man this stuff it turns me off even as someone who that you're trying to put out a reflection of me but when i look at it i'm like oh Okay, now I can see that you're pandering to me and I and I resist that because mm-hmm. I see what you're doing. I would rather you not do that to me and I just want to be treated like everyone. I don't want you to pretend this stupid thing that you're somehow down with me when the reality is you're not. Yeah. 
you know. Well, you mentioned the corporate the corporations, and uh, one of the scariest things I think I've ever come to a realization is uh, 2019. Mm -hmm. I went to the New York Times to an event there called the Deal Book. And a uh, really mm -hmm. cool event. There was only about 250 people in the audience, and they brought in mm -hmm. um, one of their, um, Andrew Sorkin, uh, it, was, it was his brainchild, and he's, I guess, an up-and-coming, uh, you know, he's their poster child now. Well, he puts this thing together, and he brings in everybody. There was, um, you know, everyone from Hillary Clinton, Valerie Jarrett, um, CEOs that were of these woke corporations, uh Airbnb, Netflix, all of, all of them. They come through for like a 20-minute cycle and they, and they mm -hmm. visit. Well, they had a breakout session on guns, and that's where I came. I was invited to, to speak, and myself and Chris Chang went. And mm -hmm. we were in a room with 12 other, uh, a couple of journalists and um, some anti-gun activists and then some CEOs of these corporations. And what I didn't know, uh, I found out studying for this, was that there are corporate shareholder resolutions. So the corporations have these board members, or you can you can buy in, you can have a you can have a say. And what happens is these people like intentionally buy into these companies to have a say, and then they'll say um, they'll say we don't want to have anything to do with the NRA. We don't want to have anything to do with gun manufacturers. We want to squelch. It's called corporate activism and it's huge. And our mm -hmm. side doesn't even really talk about it. Uh, when I was preparing for it, the guy that was uh, helping me, um, he was saying that our side doesn't, our side does this to the tune of um, like 40 times a year. And as opposed to the other side, the anti-gun, anti-whatever it is, the uh, the what do you call it, Rolando? The, the authoritarian or anti-freedom. Authoritarian <laughs> side does it mm -hmm. about 300 times, effectively 300 times a year to our 40 times a year. Mm -hmm. So you're seeing, you know, if you remember several years ago, Yeti broke with um, NRA. Why would they do that? Because these corporations are becoming woke, basically forced, manipulated to say, hey, if you do not uh, break with the NRA, we're going to unleash our our um, wolves on you, and we are going to make your marketing, you're going to make your life misery. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, all they have to do is break with whatever that they wanted to. It doesn't seem like a big deal, but uh, they're controlling how companies interact with us. Uh, mm -hmm. And that, that that's, that's still going on. I'm sure it's going on more on their side these days. And, mm -hmm. and it's just another backdoor strategy that we're not even aware of. Yeah, there's a lot of those. There's a lot of those. Um, you know what? Let me just uh, let me just take this little sidetrack for a second here. Because I think um, Rodney Brady, and this is based on what I'm saying, Rodney Brady says, Hank, most black slave owners bought family in the U.S. to reunite. Let's not spin history. Okay, I wasn't talking about uh, what happened. So, first of all, I have spent a lot of time on this particular subject, researching history, including living in Nigeria and West Africa. Uh, my wife is Ghanaian, which is also in West Africa. Um, people who are dis uh, like people who are in the Caribbean who are descendant of slaves from Africa, like myself, or black people here in America, if you do genetic tests, you will find that about 95% of us are descendant of West Africans. So most of the slavery that we're talking about here came out of West Africa. In that slavery, 
uh, some white people did not show up on the shores of West Africa and kidnap a ton of black people. That's not what happened. West Africans sold their own people into slavery. That is the reality of what happened, okay? This is like, you can research this in history. You can do all the things you want to. I have researched it. I've also lived it. My wife, who is Ghanaian, when her people get mad at, at, at me, uh, Nigerians, when they get mad, they go, this is the reason why we threw your people away. This is why you're the garbage that we threw away. This is what they think about people from the Caribbean, like myself, and uh, black people here in America. That's just the reality of it. And the problem is, is that people don't know that and don't understand that. That does not make me hate black people. That does not make me hate Africans. As, as I've said in this, in this particular context, my wife is African. I love who I am and I love my wife and I love my kids that come out of that. But we need to understand these things. Ultimately, There's we're- a bigger picture. Yeah. yeah, we're living now. We're living now. The people who did that on the African side are no longer alive. The people who own slaves on the on on the on the white side here in America are no longer alive. But all of us right now as human beings, we are making decisions and we're still doing some of us are doing good things, some of us are doing bad things. And we need to deal with each other based on that, not forget history. I'm definitely not talking about forgetting history. We need right. to understand history three-dimensionally. We need to be able to take things and turn it around and see what is happening. This is the only way that we're going to move forward, okay? And when we only see one part of the picture and we just think, oh, these white people hated us so much they came and kidnapped us, when human beings like to enslave other human beings. In Africa right now, there's still slavery. There are black people putting other black people into slavery in Africa. But that's all over the planet. You can find white people. There are more slaves, I think, now in modern society yeah. than there were even at the 100%. peak of the slave trade in the 1800s. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So we're not going to get, but we are definitely not going to get past things when we don't understand the complete history. You know, but it doesn't make like it does not make you hate yourself or hate your people or whatever it is. You just need to understand it and you need to look forward and move forward to make sure that we don't make those same mistakes again. But this is what's happening. We're making all of those same mistakes again. OK, it's it's the same thing that, that there's a lot of people in, in on on our planet who have forgotten what happened in World War II. They've forgotten what the Nazis were all about and what they were up to. They've forgotten that. And those people can include lots of Jewish people who have completely forgotten what happened to their own people. That, and their history goes way back before World War II, right? So this is why I think it's an important thing. And I'm not like, you know, it's like people getting upset because someone said something about their side. History. Yeah. Or, or what you believe is history that hurts your feelings. That's the problem that we have. OK, well, thank you, you for you speaking up on it. that, because that's uh, I think that that's the conversation that I would love to see happen. But there is only one narrative that is accepted. And uh, that's the problem is that everybody else is getting their feelers hurt. And, uh, and not having the conversation because I, you know, I didn't know that about your background. I appreciate you, um, you know, enlightening me on, mm -hmm. on your history uh, mm -hmm. because I just learned something new. So I hope that whoever commented on, on that would, set, would feel yeah. the same way. Well, and I'm not trying to fight with people. I think people, right. you know, people just need to take the time and look into things. Okay. It's very important to look at things, you know, in a very balanced way and try to understand what it is. And I understand that I get it. We're still doing that to each other. As human beings, ultimately, we are our own worst enemy. If we were all the same color, 
if we were all the same gender, whatever it is, we would still do this to each other. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? So that's... Hey, th one thing we haven't mm -hmm. talked about. You mm -hmm. ready to shift gears? Yes, let's do it. COVID. Have you guys had COVID yet? Um, no. No. To my knowledge, I've never had it, but probably yeah, to I have. to my knowledge, I haven't had it. Yeah. What about, what about you, Diana? I had it. I had it last November. I thought I had allergies. Um... Mm -hmm. I thought I had allergies for about four days because I have allergies and mm -hmm. uh, then I lost my taste and my mm -hmm. smell and I was like, crap, I've got it. I went and got tested. Uh, I did have it and my husband and I, well, obviously Ryan got it too and um, he didn't have very, he, he had a fever one night, uh, but he said that the flu was much different, I uh, much worse, uh, but we have had family members. We had a 40-year-old police officer. He was a little overweight, a lot overweight, uh, and he died. So I know people who have died of it, um, mm. but I'm just mesmerized by the, the control that they have had. And, and you know, now we're going door-to-door -to, -door to try to vaccinate people. Why don't we go door-to-door -door and talk about um, – you know, being healthy. Why don't we go door to door and talk about, are you taking zinc? Are you taking vitamin C? Are you taking vitamin D? Mm -hmm. uh, because mm -hmm. all of those things help your immune system. And, and it's just flooring me that, that this medical, it's almost a medical, the worst medical malpractice I've mm -hmm. ever seen. I broke up with my doctor over it because of the hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> right. I had him for 30 years and he would not prescribe it to me, even mm -hmm. though he told me three months prior when I said, Hey, if I get this stuff, I'm going to want the hydroxy. Are you going to give it to me? Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah. And so Dr. Jezolowski of Tulsa, Oklahoma is a big fat liar. And I broke up with him after 30 years. Um, and, and, you know, and he wanted to, he, he prescribed me something else that has proven might be effective. And I'm like, like, okay, so there are other doctors who are saying that they've seen hydroxychloroquine be effective. So are you talking like that may be effective? Mm -hmm. Why would you not try something that other doctors, well, that's just not, you know, he's listening. Cause it became a political pharma. football. Yeah. He's yeah, listening was... to big pharma and doing what the government wants him to do. And I was like, I am not interested in you being my doctor. If you're not interested in making me healthy. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So that's where I stand on COVID. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, uh, I believe uh, it was an article I read a few weeks ago. I wish I had it in front of me. Mm -hmm. Uh, with some doctors and scientists basically admitting that once Trump talked about hydroxychloroquine and even Over. Uh, articles about ivermectin came out, yeah, uh, it was like, I, I don't even want to deal with it. Like, they wouldn't even want to deal with it. And I was like, that's insane. And then you have the pharmaceutical companies with two therapeutics that, that basically been proved to, you know, alleviate most of the symptoms and keep people alive if they get it, and ivermectin and HCQ, and it's like you're playing it down. And a lot of third world countries have been, so they talked about India and what a disaster there, but I think their death rate never actually even passed the peak of the U.S. death rate in thousands of people per day. And that's a country of like three or four times the population of the United States. And it's because a lot of these countries, you know, Joe was telling me too that in Dominican Republic, and, uh, in Dominican Republic a lot of people use ivermectin. And it's like, yeah, we just use ivermectin, man. It's not a big deal. And we mm -hmm. didn't really have a big breakout. Uh, it was almost like preventative. And it's just a combination of different things. It was the, the culmination of the hysteria over Trump uh, and seeing an opportunity to take advantage of a situation. Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously the Chinese were involved too. And that's a whole other story um, mm -hmm. of, of whether that was purposefully done at that time or if it was they developed it and they broke containment and they effed up and tried to cover it up, which, you know, that may be the case. 
Um, and it's probably the more likely case unless they're that nefarious. But then it's like, well, then why didn't you develop something like anthrax if you're going to let it out? Like, I don't understand why you'd make yeah. something mild. But maybe it's to test things. I know that there was a, a military exercise a few years ago. One of the things that they talked about that the Chinese could do would be to release a virus in order to basically cripple our economy. And they know that the American people, let, let's just go back to kind of what we were talking about with Diana. They're godless, so they're afraid of death now, for the most part. Let's be honest. They're afraid of self-sacrifice and death because if you don't believe in religion and anything, when you die, you think it's oblivion. So mm -hmm. you fear death constantly. You, you don't want to sacrifice yourself for the greater good. Maybe the Chinese are atheists too, but they still, I think that their people would die for their country in a lot of cases and they brainwash a lot of people. They can do that. I don't know if that's the mm -hmm. case here in America anymore. People don't even want to sacrifice losing their internet, let alone their life for something. So uh, they, they just thought this would cripple the U.S. because we wouldn't be willing to do anything for it. And the Chinese would just go and take yeah. over time. And life is still the cheapest thing. Against us. Yeah. Life, is, life, life is still the cheapest thing. Mm -hmm. Human beings, this is the thing that people don't want to understand. Life is the cheapest thing. It doesn't matter like what, uh, what skin yeah. tone or whatever is on it. Yeah. They don't care. You know, it's the cheapest thing. even if it's be, even yeah. if it's their own people, it's the cheapest thing. I mean, we're talking oh, yeah. the, the Great Wall of China has lots of uh, the people who built it buried underneath it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. What does it and matter? I'm not saying that uh, and I'm not saying I know there, there, there are people that I know there are atheists that are good. They're good, moralistic people. Mm -hmm. It's that when you get to the point where a atheism is a religion, by the way. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. where you get to the point where you don't believe in any consequences for your action. And I think that's the ultimate thing. When you get in power and if you don't believe that there's, after you die, that there's no punishment and that mm -hmm. there's nobody on this earth that can stop you because you have that much power. I mean, that's pretty seductive to just do whatever you want, especially mm -hmm. if it means that you live better and you live longer than the other guy. Because you're like, the whole goal is just to live longer and obtain power mm -hmm. because there's nothing after that. And nobody else is going to hold me accountable if I become powerful enough. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 a, it's a dangerous way of thinking. And I think that that's what a lot of elites think nowadays. Yeah. Uh, and that's why they do crazy, depraved things. And you're like, you're so rich and you hear, you know, wealthy people doing such horrible things sometimes, whether it's like, you know, with children or things like that, or just hurting people for no reason. It's probably because it's like, well, you get to a certain point where you can do anything you want and life loses a meaning. And if you don't have right. something beyond service, uh, you just like, I'm just going to try crazy things until I feel something. And I think yeah. that's a lot of people do. They're sociopaths yeah. in a lot of cases. I think Sorry, you made I a good point. tangent there. No, <laughs> <laughs> I think you made a good. I, yeah, I think the, the best point in there is a lot of our problems stem from the fact of us being afraid of what happens when we die. But yeah. It's supposed to happen. It's supposed yeah. to happen. Well, and it's just a fear yeah. that there's no consequences too. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's it's a it's a double thing that you know if nobody can stop me, and you also see the example. I think it permeates through society when you see politicians and celebrities do bad things and get away with it. Then eventually, Thanks, it's like mommy. a child. It's a, yeah, it's like a child when they see their parents do bad things, and it's like, well, that's the example. Then I should be allowed to get away with that. So you create an entitlement, not just because people think they should have things. It's that they see people in power that are supposed to be responsible, get away mm -hmm. with things. And so their privilege is like, well, I should have the privilege to also get away with doing bad things mm -hmm. uh, and immoral things because these other people do it. Mm -hmm. And what, what more can you expect from people if that's all they see? And that's mm -hmm. kind of what we're seeing. So I think some of the pushes that we're seeing in society for certain things, whether it's deviant activities or misbehaving, 
I think it's because the elites want to normalize things that they themselves do that are bad and they want to be able to now do those things in the open without judgment. So if they say you can identify as what you want or maybe the age of consent uh, is should be lower or teenagers can vote or things like that, you know, all the crazy things that you can think of, it's like maybe it's because some of these people do these things and they don't want to feel ashamed for it. So if society in general accepts this behavior, then they can just do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Wow, you really do have to run. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree. Okay, so listen, we've already run into nine o'clock. I'm going to let Diana, uh, you, you, well said, by the way, Rolando. Thank I'm you. I'm going to let Diana you. wrap this up and then we'll, like, probably, I'll, I'll let you two guys tell the folks out there how they could support you, how they could communicate with you, all of that, if they want to continue these conversations. Um, what, what did you think about that, first of all, Diana? Oh, I thought it was spot on. I loved it. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. yeah, I really do hope yeah. that you run. Now, now you know I, why Joanna married him. I mean, the dude is deep. Yeah. You know, it's not just that deep Do you voice, make a you know. great first lady, too. <laughs> well, my wife, is, my wife is a beast. She has a different perspective than I do, but she can articulate things in, yeah. in a different way than I can, yeah. and it makes her powerful. So They're a power I couple, for sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, I love, um, I think that's why people like our show, because they see that we both, we might share the broad opinions, but we can explain how we got there through different ways. Cause I grew up as the hardcore, probably more like you, Diana, where I was a hardcore, like neoconservative, believed everything was good. And now I'm starting to change, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you could say soften, but I think it's more waking up to mm-hmm. that. Yeah. There's just people that take advantage of our goodwill. And Joe came from the left in a very liberal perspective and she's gone more towards my direction. We've kind of moved in the middle. Mm-hmm. So think a lot of that happening so so oh, yeah. diana tell the tell the folks out there if they want to find out more about the dc project about you you know support you communicate okay. with you etc how yeah. do they do that we would love to take your money uh <laughs> yes the dcproject.info is our website and you can join there you can share there join our army of women that are constitutionally sound and trying to save our second amendment um, and then the Ambassador Academy is the five-day training class that is uh, media training. And we, we have just so much fun. I have Joanna tell you about it. but um, mm-hmm. And that is the, uh, ambassadoracademy.info. And for the meantime, I'm still on the major platforms of Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Instagram, I'm Die3Gun, the number three. And then I'm Diana Muller 3 gun on Facebook. And you okay. can reach out to me anytime there. Awesome. Awesome. Rolando, the same question. How can the folks support you guys uh, communicate with you? Uh, the best uh, the best way is to like and subscribe uh, to our channel, uh, the Locked and Loaded Latinos. You can find us on all the major social media, well, except for Facebook, but most social media were Locked Loaded Latinos because the little ampersand uh, doesn't usually show up. So search for us on the socials. I'm at Puerto Rican Pistolero, and my wife is at Latina Locked and Loaded. I know we have two locked and loaded, so it get, it causes some confusion. Right. Uh, but but uh, if yeah. all else fails, just go main to our, our YouTube channel. Check us out. We have a show every Sunday uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, usually for two to three hours, depending on uh, if we've got a guest and they chat our, uh, chat our butts off. Sometimes we'll go to three hours. But. Absolutely. I think it's good stuff. Everyone should try that out. Has Diana been on there already? Uh, not yet, but I know that okay. we've been wanting to ask her. It's it's a lot of after after Ambassador Academy, and yeah. uh, Train and Learn. We have so many people that were like, "Oh my God, we have to have these people on the show." But yeah. now it's like, it's since we do it once a week, it takes forever to get everybody on. So yeah, we're working our way through that. But we might do we more than once you. a week. 
Uh, yes. But yeah, Diana, you're definitely welcome to the show when we've got, uh, we'll, we'll email you and get it together. I know Joe communicates with you. So. Yes, Diana is amazing. You guys are both amazing. Mm-hmm. Always uh, fun and interesting talking to you guys. I think we always have a good conversation. I think that goes for everyone, everyone in the chat, all that kind of stuff. You know, um, listen, I think it, if you're listening, if you're thinking about things, that's where that's where it all starts, right? Think, question, ask yourself, um, challenge yourself on these things. Uh, that's my takeaway from this. I am going to run in the end, and then we're going to come back. Uh, should we get Diana to give us our words of wisdom as we go out? Yes, yeah. I think so. Yes, I think that's Diana. only right. Yes, yeah, so you got a couple of seconds <laughs> to think about that, Diana. Your words of wisdom that you want to leave us with. I am going to run in the end. Stay right there. I'm going to run it in right now. Big thanks to everyone. Big thanks to Walther Arms for helping support us to do this um, and give us this platform where we could talk and say what we have to say. All right. I'm going to run in the end right now. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening, hanging out with us. Um, make sure you smash those thumbs ups, ring the bell, share, etc. We're going to rip the audio out of this and throw it up on iTunes and all your favorite places. Uh, Rodney, Rodney is like, uh, he, listen, Rodney, we're going we're gonna to have to talk about this later, man. Uh, I, and I appreciate Rodney, by the way, not trying to pick on him. He's a good dude. We have to challenge each other and ourselves. So I don't mm-hmm. want anyone to like go after him or whatever. We all need to be able to talk to each other. It's a great thing. Uh, he says with dope show. So thanks to Rodney for that. Diana, what are your words of wisdom? My words of wisdom are to get engaged, get plugged in, run for office, help somebody run for office and support people who you see doing the work. Amen. Amen. Yes. We all need to do that and play our parts. All right, guys. See you tomorrow. We're out of here. Peace. I will not comply. There you go. Oh, you got it in. Got it in.